0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is September the twentieth of twenty twenty-three, and I am Nick, and this is Quinn, and this is Weekly Manga Recap, where we will recap the manga of the weekly basis, and also the ones that aren't quite weekly but are close enough to it for it to qualify. Uh
1: huh. And also uh, multiple series that are so you know weekly, but are pretty irregular in that weekliness.
0: Um, some of them aren't even like at once a month Some of them are like twice Once every two months at this point
1: Yeah, you never know But that's that's why we uh, Defy all expectations Even the ones set up by the very name of this show To provide you With the best podcast possible Alright, I have nothing else to give guys that, I think that's, that's, it. that's
0: it Is there a mission statement? Have we, have we been aiming for quality this whole time?
1: Um I'm, i didn't say I what like kind I... of quality okay it could okay, be okay. it can oh. be anything <laughs> all right pressure's back off all right <laughs> uh nick a few dignitaries uh they they do watch this and uh it is actually vital to their mission success <laughs> that we perform a quality show just a,
0: some foreign affairs officials out there yeah <laughs> yes we will uh we would declare war if the uh, if the two losers with their manga podcast are not up to snuff.
1: James Bond is like, "Listen, Blowfield, before you kill me, turn on Weekly Manga Recap. If they don't entertain you, then you can launch the missiles." <laughs> oh well, you know, I do love. <laughs> I do love a a good
0: random fart joke, so that is is sufficient for me, Mr. Bond. (laughs) Comes right in, I'm just like, (laughs) Oh, very well, Mr. Bond, I will spare your
1: miserable countries. (laughs) You win this time, Mr. Bond. Oh,
0: boy. I... I desperately hope
1: that (laughs) that none of this is true yeah i'd love i i really i really hope james bond isn't relying on our podcast to protect world peace first off
0: what an amazing super spy james bond is the most secret of all secret agents and there are 25 movies about him like that's just incredible uh secondly there are just some weird chapters this week that i don't really know if i want to talk about them (laughs) just like full stop uh but uh I think that we should just roll into it. We are, we do start and end on positive notes, so uh-huh. I can I can get through this. I can do it. Yeah. So are you ready, Quinn? Yeah. Are you ready to begin this manga sh- sh- talkie time you, you with say, now, a naked teenage girl? <laughs> I was
1: gonna say Nick. You say we start on a high note, but I'm looking at the first page we'll be discussing, and yes, there is a naked teenager on it. So I'm not sure if uh, saying we start completely on a high note is the right the right thing to say. Hey.
0: Admittedly, like, because I do always have, you know, the first chapter open that we're going to talk about before we delve into the discussion. And so for the last several months where we've been talking, I occasionally have just looked at it was like, God, she just why is she naked? <laughs> why didn't why didn't she have a special suit made so that she could have clothes? It, <laughs> She's it, got to be cold at the very least.
1: It's, it, it's so astonishing. It's visible right there that her hair is also affected by her powers. You, can't, you couldn't just make a costume out of her hair. It's just very easy to work around us.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, th- we kick off My hair Academia, Chapter 400. So yeah! good job for Koshi. You made it to the mountaintop, Chapter 400. And now continue as you mean to go on, Naked Girl. All right. Well... This series about heroism and rise to the occasion and legacies and what means to be a good or bad person, naked uh, teenage girl. So, uh, yep, what a, what a great what a great four hundred chapters. It's
1: been. Now, Nick, we say this is this like the fourth most important thing Hagakure has ever done in this series. So, it is <laughs> we had to give it some measure of attention.
0: Not the taking down this villain, but the aftermath of her taking down the villain is the fourth most important thing that she's ever Mm -hmm. done. It's a very short list. Uh, Yeah, she last chapter refracted, reflected Aoyama's naval beam stuff, took out the villain who was summoned a bunch of evil flowers that were feeding off of people. Uh, Now she realizes that doing so has somehow messed up her quirk. So she is temporarily visible uh, and is like, no, I'm naked. Don't look. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. This is, yeah. Hmm. Wear a cl- just wear clothes made of your hair, please. So,
1: <laughs> or anything. I I need to clarify. You okay. could just also say like we found a special material. It's called Mysterium, and if we use it, it it'll little uh, whatever. I I don't need a good exa- every good reason for it. I just want a reason. <laughs>
0: We just need to go to this faraway planet and uh, take over these blue cat people and take it from them. And then we'll have as many invisible girl clothes as we need. So let's do that. Uh, So um, Hagakure realizes that even when she's reflected his beam before, this hasn't happened to her. So she's like, oh, Aoyama, your quirk evolved. Hooray. Uh, so he, he says, okay, very
1: happy Nick."
0: Well, he, he seems a little glum and we find out why very shortly afterwards, because, uh, he her saying that they need to burn away all the plants that have, are growing from the hero's bodies, because even with the villain being taken out, they are still growing. Uh, so he's going to burn away their roots with the help to actually guide his laser. And, uh, she says, well, is your tummy up for it? Because, of course, he gets the stomach aches very easily when he uses power. And he says, this day will be my last as a student of UA. So, yes, whatever it may take. Aww. So, uh, basically calling his own retirement. Uh, which, given what he's been through, is not all that surprising. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it sticks, I guess. But, again, Ayama's, you know, I don't know, number 12. So, <laughs> on that <laughs> list of students. So, eh, you know. Uh, but hey the, the main core of this chapter is getting it back into the fight between all might and all for one uh he used Al yam a, a laser beam modeled after Yama's power to satellite laser cannon uh all for one uh and uh he just keeps it going and uh he also employs the real the real force that's gonna make a difference Earphone jack power. That's going <laughs> to yeah. do it. He was he was,
1: just, he was just saving it, Nick. He needed, he needed it. a way for, like, uh, he was like, only when I'm on my last rope do I pull out the true Trump card of Trump cards.
0: Now, you might think, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of like this action is just kind of like squeezed into a couple of small panels with no no, 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 no. That's the secret is that you're not seeing it coming when he uses the ace ability. So that. Yeah. That, yeah.
1: Yes, a lot of AMVs are going to be made about this exact moment. <laughs> just a very slow, <laughs> slow loop. <laughs> They're picking a lot of real short songs. <laughs>
0: uh, so he has is really beating the fuck up because he's taking a lot of damage and he's just a human guy wearing armor right now. Uh, all for one, even while being buffeted by these various energy blasts. Uh, is still lashing out with weird tendrils and things. So All Might keeps on using more of his students' quirks. He has his armor kind of split off from him in a mimicry of Yayorozu's power, and it gets all sticky, like with Mineta's. Uh, we don't really see exactly what they do. There's a lot of just like action just caved in here. It looks like he does use them to pin All for One's hands down to the ground, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, But he fully messed to himself, like, look, this guy needs to just die and fade away because I am running on adrenaline right now. (laughs) (laughs) He says the euphoria is overriding the pain, which makes sense. He has many broken bones at this point. Uh, We cut to a kid in uh, some far-off nation uh, watching the battle because, of course, it's still being live-streamed. And the kid says, who's that skinny guy in black? There's like a grandparent in the corner who
1: says, I don't know. (laughs) All right. Thanks. (laughs) This is such an interesting scene to me because like, yeah, one, this, this grandma has very little interest in what's going on. She's just like, yeah, I don't really know these people. And, uh, yeah, the kid's like, well, what happens if he wins or loses? I was like, well, I don't know. It's not our town. I don't care. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, one, I feel like if this was happening, you'd care a smidgen a little bit because this is pretty wild what's happening. Yes. This is, it's, it's not like, oh, a guy who could grow his arm real big went up against a hero who could shoot lasers out of his eyes. Like, there's stuff going on here that's destroying cities and like entire parts of the nation. So, like, some level of these you should care, but also just like, why are you watching it then <laughs> if you're just yeah. like who cares uh
0: the kid seems to still be into it though he is gripping his hands yeah. so that he shows, shows that he is invested
1: yes this is great though like the actual scene itself is great just to show like all might even at this point still inspiring kids still yeah. driving them to 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 hope for truth and justice
0: uh eventually the satellite laser cannon overloads and explodes so uh uh-oh no more giant laser holding down uh all for one who has reverted to the point where he's he's, he looks like he has the body of a of a child at this point although he's glowing power. he's
1: in his kid boo era as they say
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh And so basically says, uh, like I said, tools, cats have passed their own limits. That's right. I'm still just as boring as before. Uh, He goes to attack All Might and then suddenly freezes in the middle of like some sort of tendril growing out of his back. And he is shocked. He's like, I I, I can't move. And who should have been showing up? In the crucial moment, but perched on, I don't know, one of the random Uh, flying platforms, or maybe he just stole a goblin glider at some point.
1: I'm not sure which. I really like the idea that Stain has always just had a hoverboard. (laughs) He's just never talked about it up until now.
0: I am the grim and gritty person who needs to get in close to carve you up with my blades. So I'm going to fly around on this hovercraft. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, he has managed to grab a scrap of of shrapnel that has some of All-For-One's blood on it, and he has licked it up to paralyze him. And he calls down to All Might to conquer him! And that's where we close off our chapter. Yeah, I
1: I mean, it's cool Stain's returned. There's, like, a level of, like, I wish this had happened a little bit sooner. Kind of like, you know, like when a, a company like has like primed you up for like the hero's big return in wrestling like the like the face is going to eventually do something really cool but they they take a little too long pulling the trigger on it um so uh i think that's you know a little like ah, i wish this happened like maybe like a couple months ago or something like that but I, this is such a cool moment though of like this this team up um i don't know i think I, I think what i really come down to with this is this is like a really cool fight and there's like a part of me that's like is this like the fight of the year because it's like all might is throwing everything into this and there is like on paper something so cool about this guy who's lost his quirk but he's like fuck it i'm gonna ball out with gadgets and not only that my gadgets are themed thematically to all the kids that we've spent this series reading And I'm just going to give everything into it and I'm going to smile the whole time because even if I don't have powers, I'm still going to inspire kids. Uh, It just is a shame that All for Once is is such a boring villain. Like that's really what it comes down to is like, oh, this is just missing like the right antagonist to like make this a really, truly special encounter. Even if we just had a note of
0: as all for one is regressing in age like maybe if he showed some sign that his personality were changing even slightly uh-huh. but he's just the same guy the whole time it 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 doesn't matter and all of it is just like bah, ha, ha, I'm the ultimate blah 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 my plans I have plans on top of plans on top of plans which are definitely being demonstrated in this moment like <laughs> i it's it's it is annoying uh, that, yeah, such a great perf- performance, I guess yeah. you could call it, is is wasted on this kind of opponent. But we move on. It's uh, time to talk about some Undead
1: Unluck. Yeah, let's talk about Undead Unluck. Number 175. I assume this is R.I.P. and not R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I never picked up on that connection between them before. So, uh, I'm assuming without punctuation, I'm supposed to read this as rip. Uh, also, uh, the carotting around this, I can't tell if any letters are, like, supposed to be on, like, lowercase or not. It's very confusing. Anyway- Mm Rip uh, has just been confronted with Fuko and Latla, who are like, UMA sick is the cause. You have to use your underpair to beat it. And they, they, they have the Blade Runner legs. so like, you have to put these on. It's the only way. This is, and Rip's like, I have to go. I have to save people. I, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I had no time for this shit. <laughs> and yeah. he, he heads off, he grabs Layla, and they head into surgery. And immediately, every, he does note, That, look, if they die, it's all over, but, like, I'll hear you out after I've fixed everyone. My job is to be a doctor. I have to save people. So that's my my number priority. But as soon as they get in there, all the nurses are like, things are going really bad. Uh, We don't have, like, the right supplies. Uh, What are we going to do? And Rip immediately starts working one of his nurses is like wait you aren't marking the area what are you doing you're being really rash and he's like nope i got this and he he is working so incredibly fast that no matter how many assistants he has they can't really keep up with just how fast he's working he, he manages to handle this entire surgery in about 10 minutes um i should note mm-hmm.
0: in most situations What Rip is doing is bad. Yes, Uh, very, very bad. bad. Don't don't. This is not something that should, as a doctor, be celebrated.
1: (laughs) Surgery is not one of those times and places you need to go fast in (laughs) to look cool.
0: There are so many cases. Like the reason why there are all these things of like, oh, you have to mark off the air and stuff, is so that surgeons don't make stupid mistakes, which happen incredibly frequently without the checks and balances literally the act of writing on someone's body in permanent marker this is the part that we're amputating has saved many people from having the wrong limb amputated (laughs) Yeah, because people make stupid mistakes like that and going quickly instead of actually taking the time to have those you know systems in place would always be bad except in Weird magic, everyone is sick being gonna die in two minutes
1: land. And now, so, Nick, it's worth noting this is Rip, who is the best doctor to ever live and cares more about his patients than any doctor who's ever been yeah, around that's before. Right.
0: So and, it and, makes sense, right? Rip him. Yeah, and Rip performing surgery on someone has never caused them to die. That's <laughs> part of his backstory. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: so he he has finished surgery, but he notes he's like, This didn't fix her, this just bought her some time. Uh, so I don't really know, like, this seems like the real surgery is kind of risky, and Layla just says, Rip, help the others, I'll be fine, and we cut over to two assistants who were like, didn't you sedate her, and the other one's like, yeah, it's fine. She's it's dramatic tension time. It's okay that she, she's allowed to speak during this
0: part. Or maybe her ability is awakening. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I I, I wonder unconscious. It, it is like a moment of the, the mom could just be like, I don't know, man. She just talks. <laughs> like she she did it. She loves him so much. Uh, so she's basically pleads to him like, Hey Rip, you're a good doctor, but when you're here you're not my lover. You're not, you know, the person who I want to spend my life with. You are everyone's hero. So you need to help everybody. And Rip's like, got it. Who's He, he like kind of snaps him out of it, and he realizes he has to help everybody. So he's like, all right, who needs my help next? And they go over to little girl Emily, who we saw, I think it was last chapter, maybe two chapters ago. I can't remember how long we've been not in this hospital. Up yeah she she's crying he's you know rip Rip comes in he's like hey how you doing still kicking and she's sobbing she's like i'm so sorry i haven't been able to eat food but i still took your candy and she has a little, little, little lollipop with her and she's like i was a bad girl so god got angry and he's gonna punish me um there's a note of somebody like, prep the anesthesia. We're not going to fuck it up this time. <laughs> um, but Rip kind of pats her on the head of Shirley and he's like, listen up, Emily. There are no bad children in this hospital. All of you are trying your best with a very difficult challenge that has been given to you. Which is why if there's a God who makes such good kids suffer, I'll fillet that jerk up good. Which is such a cool line.
0: This rip is the coolest motherfucker.
1: (laughs) It's a weird (laughs) line to say to a child because it almost sounds like he is aware that there is a God out there that he's going to kill. Um, But it is such a great line of just like, I'm going to kill the God that made all these sick kids suffer. I'm going to fucking eviscerate him. (laughs)
0: It's such a great thing, though, that there are no
1: bad children in this hospital. Yeah. It's oh. <laughs> He's very, <laughs> very boy. sweet. Uh, so, Emily's going to sleep, and Rip's like, let's start the surgery. Cut over to Latla and uh, Fuko uh latla is trying to lead fuko to where the umas are but as it's happening she like tries to get some information she's like this is all umas doing and fuko's like "Mm, probably actually juniors it's children more or less it's spreading the sickness to people to turn them into nutrients and once enough of that happens it won't be attacking hospitals it'll be attacking like whole countries like that's it's really bad we have to handle it here and Latla's like, I don't know if you should be using my fortune telling to seek it out. Like, this seems like a really important thing. And they enter a room, and the room's completely empty. And Latla's like, see, there's nothing there. You should have just relied. And was like, no, it's there. Don't worry. Uh, she tells Latla to, like, back up. And then she, like, dragon balls. And like, Pshoo! <laughs> like, she shoots out <laughs> so she can kick... One of the uh one of the children in the face that just ripped in half and basically the UMA sick kids just look like little mouth germs, basically. Um, that kind um, of um, foot um, in the air. Yeah, they're
0: the they're, they're they're the uh, what is it, the lavaliers?
1: Yes! Oh the langoliers! Holy langoliers. shit. They do look a lot like langoliers. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know anyone else knew the langoliers reference. Uh, Laval- lavaliers a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they can be dangerous too if you put mounts on them terrifying ruin all your takes Uh, like please we only have so much Uh, daylight left uh we see though that the one fuko cuts in half actually splits then into two different ones they're laughing like and they're flying around and fuko's like shit i need i don't have a way to like just take them out all at once we'll have to capture them one-on-one but that that doesn't really solve the problem. To fix right. all these people, she knows what she needs to do. She doesn't say it right here, because we cut away. But she she knows that the answer is Rip. We cut over to a bunch of doctors who are looking at all these patients who have gotten out of surgery, and are like, holy shit. He actually did it. Like, uh, like everyone's stable. Like, I didn't think this pretty boy actually had it in him. I always thought that this was a guy who had risen up the ranks because of his good looks and everything like that. But... I maybe I he actually is as good as he is. I was convinced the media nickname they gave him was, you know, just something they slapped on him, but it was accurate after all. The Prince de Pechon, huh?
0: The Prince. Yeah, and he only performed one unnecessary appendectomy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, nobody, nobody bats a hundred. Nobody neck. needs that. <laughs> uh, we cut over to Rip, who is very frustrated, sitting in a hallway. He's thinking about uh, Layla's words to him. And he's just thinking, I haven't actually saved anyone, though. All I've done is kept them alive a little bit longer. I don't know what's going on. And if these symptoms will reoccur, everyone could. And he's so frustrated. And that's when Fuko shows up and just says, hey, the next wave's going to be here soon. And she's holding out a bag that has several of the UMA6 in it. And she's like... These juniors, she comes in a little heavy. <laughs> she's like, These are the juniors. They're going to give power to the mother sick. These are the magic <laughs> monsters that are attacking everyone. <laughs> but she knows. she's like, Look, if we don't stop this now, it's going to be exponentially worse. And that's when uh, Rip is like, Oh, you're the girl from this morning. What are, what are these monsters? And she's like, Look, you have to use your unrepairability against the cause of this harm, you may sick you could eradicate it but she starts to continue if you take up this power though your time as a doctor will be over and she doesn't get to finish that grabs her by the shirt and is like so there is a way to save everybody then you have to tell me because nothing in this world takes precedence over life nothing and that's where we end the chapter also a really cool
0: moment rip gets two very very cool moments in this this isn't like as great as the one where he tells the kid like no you're all little you're all good children and i will punch god if he's done this to you <laughs> uh but just the absolute lack of hesitance when Fuko's trying to warn him like look if you if you do this you can't be a doctor and i was like no doesn't matter yeah this is he, he realized everyone's lives are in danger and he can save them so he's going to take it, it doesn't matter what the cost is yeah so
1: yeah Comes off very good. Rip's looking cool. Uh, Let's see what happens here. Blue
0: Box! Blue Box! It's uh, chapter 117. A big step. Uh, Taiki facing off against Mochizuki of Sajikawa's team, the same team that Yusa belongs to. And uh, Taiki has the advantage in their match. Uh, And as we kick off the chapter, Mochizuki realizes, like, oh, I'm losing. And I'm losing to this guy. This guy who has not like had any amazing results so far. He's just some no-name athlete. And Sajikawa has got to win. I've I've got to win for Sajikawa. And he thinks about how you know Usob was told like, hey, you know you're going to play abroad so that you can develop and everything. And he brought up like, wasn't well, that going to be when the first year tournament is happening? And his coach told him like, look, that doesn't matter. This trip is more important. Just. In it's very small behavior. potatoes kid i don't know what to yeah. tell you and yusa just says all right <laughs> <This just goes laughs> with it. very yusa fashion <laughs> fair enough I remember, uh, can you imagine like if ayame is ever gonna get a chance to talk to yusa it's just gonna be like, i've been a crush on you this whole time okay noted so do you want to go out i mean i could i guess I I really won't. I really don't care either way. Like, <laughs> will this interfere in me playing badminton? I I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but will there m- be badminton on this state? I mean, I guess I are you a, are you an adequate opponent? I'm a manager for my team. I <laughs> I've barely never played, played it in my life. <laughs> Maybe it's important for me to beat to, to to beat scrubs like
1: you as maybe, part of my development. Maybe I should be Molly whoppy newbies. That's, that's the best way for me to advance my skills forward. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for a wonderful date.
0: <laughs> so do you want to like I don't know make out or is this like, that sounds irrelevant to being a good Batman player, honestly. <laughs> So, anyway, (laughs) so while the coach was saying that to Yusa, that this tournament doesn't matter in comparison to going on this overseas training trip, Mochizuki overheard that. And now in the present, he thinks to himself, if I can't win at a tournament that doesn't matter, then how's that affect my position on this team? Uh, Which. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like if this is like a given of like, oh, our team's gonna dominate, then you fuck that up. Then that's ooh pressure you weren't really thinking about uh, up until now. Uh, and of course, as they go along through the match and Taiki continues to win it, uh, everyone's like, oh man, look look at that guy. That 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 kid's from A M A, isn't it? And uh, I believe that this was a member of the team that. Taiki had beaten before, but it's been a long
1: time. I can't really remember. He was he was in, I think, last chapter. He was one of the uh, first people Taiki fought. He had, he had fought him previously, but he showed up just recently as well. Taiki had beat him in a match. Oh, okay,
0: okay. Uh, and so he's analyzing Taiki's abilities, and he realizes that, you know, he always kind of gave this impression that when the going got tough, you would just barely hang on. But now he's the one running the game, so he's in control of things and as taiki continues playing against mochizuki mochizuki continues to get pressed more and more taiki realizes he's strong but if he hadn't given up on himself he could go even further and uh we get to match point in taiki's favor uh and mochizuki thinks to himself is it possible that he's superhuman like yusa is and He looks in Taiki's eyes as he's getting ready to smash the game-winning point, and he realizes no, he's not. You know, he does—he doesn't complete the thought, but he realizes Taiki's not just some incredibly talented guy like Yusa is. His strength comes from working hard and not giving up on himself. Uh-huh. And uh, so Taiki wins the match in uh, what looks like straight sets, and uh, so everyone's like, "Oh shit." Sajikawa lost. I guess that Inamata guy is strong, huh? Damn. And, uh, they, yep. They, 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 shake hands after the match. We cut over to where, uh, Yusa and, uh, his other teammates who have gone along for the trip are, uh, just kind of hanging out. And they say, oh yeah, apparently Mochizuki lost to the semifinals. Oh, so, what the hell is he doing? Who, who do he lose to? Uh, Inamata from Ame. Like, oh yeah, Haru's partner. Uh, and one of them says, you know, moshizuki has got a self-effacing tendency. If he'd just own it, he'd be stronger. <laughs> so this isn't like a thing that just Taiki has picked up on. Of course, all the people around him are like, if you would just give a shit and yeah. stop acting like, <laughs> there's give, nothing I can do. If
1: he'd give a fuck, maybe it would work out.
0: Right. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Yusa just thinks to himself, I wouldn't have lost. <laughs>
1: My man's my man's focused. He, he he has an idea what he wants to talk about and think about, and he, he's committed to it. His commitment is to uh, beating everybody.
0: Now that I've had that that squash match against the girl with the pigtails, <laughs>
1: nothing is holding me back. I feel like I'm refreshed and as limber as I was when I was a child.
0: <laughs> uh. We don't even see the finals of the tournament. Just uh, don't find out who Taiki's opponent was at all. Uh, Instead, we see the aftermath. You know, like, sun is setting and uh, everyone is saying goodbye. Taiki starts walking home and uh, Junatsu catches up with him. And Mm -hmm. uh, she says, she's like, yeah, I waited here so I could be the first to tell you congratulations on winning the first year tournament. Hey, he did it. Um. And uh, she says, she's she's like, yeah, when I got your message, I was really happy. People around me probably thought I was crazy, <laughs> which is very sweet. <laughs> it, you know, gang.
1: What's interesting is like Chinatsu is not the type to like scream or anything like that. So I am curious, what was her level of reaction that people around her were probably like, what's going on with you?
0: The image of her that we see, which I guess is Taiki imagining this because it shows up in his panel is of her glowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I guess that that's how he thinks. Of the, well, she must have like internalized it so much that it started to glow out of her skin. Uh, So uh, Taiki you know, kind of goes over like what he did, what he didn't do because Yusa wasn't there. And uh, she says, yeah, well, that's that's a big step that you, know, you know, won the tournament. And Taiki says, it's all thanks to your power. Shinatsu, and she kind of does a double take, looks at him, and uh, he's blushing because he just used her name without the senpai at tacked on, and she starts blushing too, and uh, the two of them aren't really looking at each other, they're just like, ooh.
1: my god, you're dating, (laughs) you Uh nerds! Uh,
0: But Shinatsu says, you know, seeing you work so hard makes me feel empowered. But don't drop the senpai from my name. <laughs> Neither of us can handle it.
1: <laughs> Neither of us can take uh, fucking being remotely intimate at this point in time.
0: When you when you call me by my name without saying senpai, it makes me want to grab you by the shirt, throw you on the ground, and run my hand through your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I become a savage.
1: <laughs> this is a cute chapter. Uh, at the end, I guess most of it is a sports match. That's not necessarily cute, but you know, maybe. Uh, I will say there's like a slight level of me that was like, oh, I wish this was like, I don't say, I guess just didn't say I wish, uh, there was a part of it's like, if this was a full sports manga, I think Mochizuki's motivation and like character development would be really satisfying told over like several chapters or something like that. here you do recognize you're like, yeah, this is like a secondary Sports manga, or whatever, so we really kind of have gotten his whole story in like a chapter, and it, it is satisfying, it is cool. Um, but there is like just a, a fiend in me that wants, I'm i used to, except I just want more sports manga, and I'm I can never get enough.
0: <laughs> I do really want me some more like I show 21 level stuff. Uh, uh, I agree, but this was this was nice to have this kind of snippet of it for these few chapters of t- just showing. How Taiki has gotten stronger just based off of like being dedicated, having a goal, and setting his mind to it. And, you know, he, it pays dividends for him. Yeah, he doesn't go up against Yusa in this, but, you know, Yusa's his big rival. So I'm sure that he'll run into him when it actually comes time for, like, you yeah. know, going to nationals, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um... Oh, boy. <sighs> yeah, we had to talk about that.
0: Guys, it's time to take a deep dive into Boruto
1: 2 Blue Vortex! The name still so two. stupid. It's just so dumb. Chapter 2. Tree! Tree?
0: Tree. Chapter 2, tree. You mean chapter 3? No, chapter 2, tree. Uh-huh. All right. So this
1: chapter will not be as bad as, not as bad. previous Boruto chapters, not because it's good, but because so much no. of it is action and we could just kind of zoom through that. There's a lot less like yeah. stupid dialogue to have to dissect. Not only
0: is it all action, a lot of it is all just the same action because uh-huh. an unintended consequence Kishimoto of having Pay Code control an army of putties is that they're very uninteresting, bland opponents that don't talk and all have the same power set, so what's the point of there being a billion of them? Uh, Boruto shows up, he's protecting Serata Sur- Co- uh, from Code, and Code says, like, oh, I should have come here sooner, because uh, and, Bar- and Bardo says the same thing that he's going to say throughout the entire rest of the chapter, I'm not going to cover it each time, which is you should withdraw and I'll let you live. The code says, you can't beat me though. I kicked your ass two years ago and no one ever gets stronger in shounen manga <laughs> over the course of a time skip. Yeah, so my, it'll just happen again.
1: My man does not know that he's in a shonen manga. Uh... Boruto is like really upset because he you know later on reveals that he knows what the ten tails is capable of i presume right. from his father there's also a theory that he time traveled back and is actually visible as like a fucking ant in a shot of naruto at some point so i don't know what to play stock in that but he knows what the ten tails is capable of he won't just Kind of say it though. He so he just keeps trying to big dog. He just keeps alluding
0: to it. Yeah. You don't know what the tentacle is capable of. Why don't you say what that is? Why won't you actually, like Boruto? When you engage someone in a debate, you're <laughs> supposed to present evidence that
1: enforces your argument (laughs) like uh, here's the thing I I hold back a little bit that like why would he say it to Code Code also seems to know what they they do maybe not to the same extent but he knows later on he's like their end game is my end game like I'm fine with what they're going to do but to everybody else as we later find out this is essentially like a zombie fucking fight (laughs) like you can't let these things bite you he doesn't kind of warn anybody I guess maybe he doesn't know the specifics of what the claw grimes do uh but it does feel like information should be shared here to some extent
0: <sighs> anyway the only bit of dialogue that doesn't include you should give up or i'll kill you the ten, you don't know what the ten tails are capable of and that's it uh is when he says to sarada without turning to look at her because boruto's a good friend uh <laughs> uh says so like oh there's some people who need help you're go weaker help
1: than me go help everybody you're weaker else than me. <laughs> he doesn't say I that i assume i
0: assume you're weaker <laughs> than me you have you you have two x chromosomes so i assume that you're weaker God than me because i snarl, though
1: uh i i don't want to like frame it exactly but it is kind of just like serata you're less important than me in this fight go help everybody else <laughs> is are you is that my jacket why are you wearing
0: my jacket <laughs>
1: <laughs> can i note this this comes up so much. How fucking annoying. Like, I didn't care last week or last month as much. But it is so fucking infuriating to see this stupid jacket every time Sarada does something. Because it always has to hang off one shoulder. And it just looks dumb every time. It creates this asymmetry that the eye is, like, drawn to. And then you just recognize, like, why don't you get a coat that fits? <laughs> like... Why wouldn't you just get a coat that doesn't fucking do all this shit? Like, this just seems like it'd be really inconvenient to constantly have it hanging off your shoulder like that.
0: You know, if you want to, if it's, like, really important to you that you wear Boruto's jacket, you can get that tailored. Uh Uh-huh.
1: She put her fucking sigil on the back. She modified it already. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. Look, it's important that I put the Uchiha symbol on it. It's not important that I have it fit me. Yeah. (laughs) Me, a ninja who needs to have clothing that won't flap around me. Uh, fighting happens, <laughs> just a bunch of fighting happens with the Inoshika Cho team and these claw grime things. Uh, one of them takes out the animal that ino and Himawari are flying on top of. And it looks like one of them's going to bite Himawari until Kawaki flies in and kicks it. Uh, and, uh, Himawari calls out to him and says, big bro. And he says, how many times do I have to tell you not to call me that? Which I guess is supposed to be because like he knows that he's not her brother, but yeah. I mean, it could be out of like, guilt. Well, and all, but but you can like call someone that without it them literally being your whatever. So, <laughs> uh, they say, oh, this one's probably stronger than the others, and it uh, attacks Kawaki and goes, oh, it's uh, shit so This
1: one's different as well. It's got uh, wrinkles on its face. Yes.
0: It's it's, it's it's aged, I guess. Uh-huh. So, uh, and, uh, so, he, um, blasts it with
1: stuff, uh, and blow- <laughs> You're not wrong. He does just hold up his hand and kind of <laughs> do a thing.
0: <laughs> uh, but more claw grimes come out because they can use each other as portals and stuff, and they're like, oh my god, there's so many, of them. McQuackie's like, we're gonna kill them all, and then, Code and Boruto talk some more after Boruto does a ha. I can do I, do I can do cool sword stuff now. Haw, ta, ta, ha, ta 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 Cut, <laughs> ta Cutting through stuff, uh, you're going to lose. Uh, Sir, Sarada is like, I'm going to use the same techniques that I used before the flashback to show how much stronger I've gotten by doing the same thing I did before.
1: It's it's this panel, the fucking Shatori, where I was like. God, get a different jacket. This looks like it makes this yeah. so much. More.
0: <laughs> it's very important that I be able to have
1: free range of movement on my arms. <laughs> it's just so dumb. Also, this chidori looks like shit. I'm glad I've read stuff where yeah. chidori's like shown off normally. Because if I hadn't, I would have been like, yeah, like her hand glows and then like all the little guys around them get zapped. Like they just like, pss, pss, ow. <laughs> Oh, that th- was moderately painful. <laughs> uh,
0: some random ninja guy says, "Are you really just a get in?" And Serana says, "What does it matter what my rank is?" Anyway, when Bums the a fog rhyme comes out, I think
1: that's where we're all supposed to snap, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's like a big cool moment.
0: Uh, a random claw grime comes out of another one and goes to bite her, and a random ninja guy goes, Ah, oh, behind you! And no! so and, oh, <laughs> Right. His name's so I guess. So he gets bit, and I
1: turned into a tree! Oh, Nick, it makes sense now why this series is called uh, Two Blue Vortex.
0: <laughs> yes. As, the, as he dies, he says, oh, no, look out for the two
1: blue vortexes. <laughs> the two blue vortexes are real. <laughs> I left everything I owned in my two blue vortexes.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I sucks. It, the sound that the claw grimes make whenever they're killed is two
1: blue vortex. <saturated> <laughs> <laughs> One's head just gets caught up by porotones like two blue vortex. Serata has the
0: most nonplussed reaction. Huh. Two people t- t- <laughs> Tor- uh, turning
1: into trees. In
0: <laughs> is that a tree? And then she sees more people turning into trees and she just says, What the heck is happening? <laughs> This is my shocked face. There's a lot of concern <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh, Code says, I do know what the Tentail's capable of. And Bart is like, I'm going to kill you unless you leave. And, and he's like, no. And he says, well, I guess there's no cure for idiocy. And then he starts to unleash a Rasengan. And Code's like, what a one trick pony. And then Boruto steps forward and says, Rasenkan Uzuhiko. And the Rasenkan, it's not gathered in his hand. It's swirling around him. What? So that's the chapter.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, As I said, this is not as bad as many other Boruto chapters because uh, I think we finished recapping in like 10 minutes or something like that. So that's, that's a big win in my book. Uh, it's not particularly good. Uh, surprisingly, it's less of the dialogue this time and more entirely on the art. The art just isn't good for capturing action. It doesn't capture people's expressions well. It's just not good.
0: Yeah, there needs to be more speed lines.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How do I know characters are going fast or not, Nick? That's, you know what they should have done when Rip was doing surgery and all those people's had speed lines. That way I know he's doing it really fast. (laughs)
0: Like I say, there's not enough speed lines. There are many, many panels that have speed lines in the background for no reason. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Yeah, not good.
1: Let's talk about Chainsaw yeah. Man.
0: Yes, let's do that. It's Chainsaw Man, chapter 143. So <laughs> this chapter is titled "Rar." Prayer. <laughs> so the sword man and uh, his compatriots from the Chainsaw Man church are getting set to uh, start causing problems, uh, as is the plan of the Chainsaw Man Church. And uh, the guy who is not the sword Devil's guy says, Listen up, children. We're going to make the human scream as loudly as possible as we kill them. So we're going to target women and children because they scream better. All right. So I don't like you. Uh, <laughs> you seem a little bit mean. You might be a tad bit unhinged uh the girl with the sunglasses says wait did you just call me a child i'm going to be 82 this year show me some respect and the sword man's like wait you're an old hag And she's like no i'm no old hag far from it i'm eternally young and tough as nails i'll never die footnote on that <laughs> i'm a superior human specimen i believe i was chosen by god and the weird guy with the glasses is like yeah I guess this, this makes us our imminent murder spree, a message from God. These guys are just out in the open talking out loud. <laughs> Anyone can hear them and start running away. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like people you had to
1: assume and just be like, what are these three doing?
0: Uh, It's almost five o'clock, which means it's almost time for them to start killing people. It's almost people.
1: happy hour somewhere, Nick, right?
0: That's right. And uh, he's like, alright, operation begins at five on the dot, and they're just all looking at the clock. Uh, a random kid Falls down in front of the sword devil guy, and uh, he looks kind of uncomfortable down at him as the kid starts to cry. He's like, yeah, message from God. Right. Message from God. I'm a weapon, and uh, I'm just going to loan out my body for this mission. Yep. And uh, he, all three of them start going into their like weapon devil release poses, huh. uh, which we don't really get to see completed because... <laughs> because as the clock hits five, and as the girl is shouting, it's showtime, her head is in the air because this, a devil hunter has come in and cut through all of their bodies. There's uh-huh. <laughs> um, that
1: double hunter, Nick.
0: It looks like Chuan Chi. It is. I wasn't 100% certain, but there's only so many light-haired female characters with eye patches that it could be.
1: (laughs) Or I should say, at least it it appears to be.
0: Right. Uh, So um, that happens. Uh, The sword devil is actually able to finish pulling his hand off, which, like, unsheathes a blade, which is how, I guess, he does his it's his equivalent of revving up so he's able to do his transformation the others uh not so much uh so he turns into the sword devil turns to her says why you and then she just cuts his head and arms <laughs> off <laughs> fair and uh yeah heads lying everywhere on the ground the kid who had fallen looks up at her uh and so she looks back at him goes "rar," and he runs away well, this truly was a chainsaw man. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> now the chapter title makes sense. Yeah, she didn't say XD at the end of it though. She didn't put the little like roar. Yeah, no, no, she's probably a different generation for yeah. that. Well, of course she
0: is because this is this takes place in the nineties, so.
1: Mm-hmm. They haven't quite gotten yeah. to uh, yeah. boxy level humor yet. Right. Uh, so she gets
0: on uh, a com and says, like, "Yeah, got them." Ah, uh, we see a cop who says target suppression is confirmed, and uh, that he is outside the Chainsaw Man Church. Mm. News report: This just in. Multiple gunmen opened fire inside a department store today. The shooters were Chainsaw Man Church followers. The death toll is unconfirmed. The police and the National Devil, National Devil Extermination Public Safety Commission, say that five times fast, have announced their plans to take swift action in response to the emerging possibility of Chainsaw Man Church terrorist activities. Wow, you guys really fucked this up. Like, the first time you were actually
1: going to do something bad, you just completely botched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're definitely, like, they're lying, which is, you know, interesting. So I assume they're trying to draw somebody out. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, they
0: were going to start causing shit and they, they immediately stopped. They were going to, yeah. So inside the Chance I'm in church. I don't know who this guy is or if we've met him before, but he is an older looking guy.
1: Oh, you don't remember like... old man Antonio? No, I don't remember old man Antonio. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't either. He doesn't exist. Oh, okay. uh, that's All right. that's someone different. That's Frankie. That's uh, old Frankie Two Bones. <laughs> named that way because he only actually has two bones in his body. The rest of him is just cartilage like a fish. <laughs>
0: It's just a very arduous task,
1: just walking from place to place. He doesn't get out much. <laughs> it's, his life is hell. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah, he says, oh, well, they're going to search the building. And if they find the weapons in the basement, we could be charged with treason. And both the nervous kid who gave Denji his tour and the president of the Devil Hunters Club say, Wait, what? There's weapons in the basement? <laughs> no one told us about this. Uh, the uh, older guy says, Well, gather they all combat trained followers outside the prayer room. And he says, Explain what's happening. And he says, I don't know a thing. Never heard a word about it. And neither did
1: you, right, founder? <laughs> uh... You're in a cult, kid. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You might not have realized until this point, but yeah, you're unfortunately being taken advantage of. So things are falling
0: very, very quickly. All of a sudden, uh, as they are wont to do in Chainsaw Man, where we get you know a fair amount of buildup and then just everything falls apart immediately, uh, without warning. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do where things go next? I don't fucking know. That's how it goes with Chainsaw Man. Things are going to be very drastically different. I bet about five chapters from now.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a different wild chapter. Um, the, Obviously, a lot of the hype behind it is Kwanji returning, which everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, I love her so much. Uh, I think it's interesting to note her eye patch has changed. She's also wearing like a collar with like kind of frills on it. Uh, one interpretation I've seen is that those are, like, worn in mourning, like, kind of with, like, lace that you can kind of sometimes see in, like, funeral attire garb. Because uh, her,
0: wa- her wives are gone.
1: Yeah. She lost all of her, her scissoring buddies. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what this amounts to. It's, this just definitely didn't feel like this is just a cameo or something like that. Mm. We were like, hey... It looks like the weapons are alive. Thus, Quan Z is alive. Like, okay. Uh, what, uh, what are the ramica- ramifications of that?
0: Yeah, she's, uh, as they say, put over very strong, too, considering <laughs> she butchers three weapons devils without using her devil powers at all. Just mm. carves them up with swords. So, Good shit. Hey! It's more action stuff. It's it's a Kaiju number 8 chapter. Chapter number 93. Hoshina is fighting Kaiju number 11. And uh, he says to number 10, uh, like, alright, it's going to adapt to our abilities immediately. Yeah. So we gotta do this in one go. Uh, but he's at full release. He is at 100% unleashed potential. He and number 10 are fully in sync with each other. He's as strong as he's ever been. And so he says, all right, read my thoughts because I'm going to tell you the plan. And so number 10 listens in and goes, it's a pretty fun idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I I love this energy of like, oh, shit, that's fucking wild. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But Hoshina says, like, if we screw this up, we're going to die. So let's have some fun. They square off. They're in their weapon drawing poses to do a single draw hoshina takes off charges in starts to draw his sword and he says all right first we're going to create a split second opening to shatter the core he slashes a huge gash opens up in kaiju number 11 he darts around behind it and he thinks to himself to pull that off to expose his core we need to hit it with a move he did never anticipate so he has cut through with his sword and then immediately disposes of the sword, goes to two pods, pulls out dual blades instead. Not only that, the tail, the stumpy tail that was that protected him before of Kaiju number 11 also grabs a blade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking Zoro now, this three-sword motherfucker.
0: Starts going in a number 11, slashes into an arm, slashes off a leg, cuts off its arms, go huge multi full slash attack and he declares eightfold slasher and carves up a huge x in its chest and uh we get a, fla- a flashback to the internal conversation between he and number 11 and number 11 says oh i'm pretty sure even that though won't be enough to take it down and uh but hoshina is like yes but it's necessary to to expose the core we'll need an even greater element to surprise a greater unknown factor This will seal the deal. Number seven. It's a new technique he's never even fucking used before. (laughs) This weird whirlwind that he uses by swiping the tail on his back around. And uh, he basically opines, suggests in this flashback, this has never been anything more than an armchair theory. But if I've got you, number 10. If I'm in full release mode, I can make it happen. A super high speed, 12 hit, focused assault on one area. And he stabs and slashes with all three of his blades in this big two page spread. You see this pattern of all the slashes with a number of the slash following after each of them. And a huge o- onslaught exposes the core right in the chest. And then he goes in for the finishing blow, darts in for the 12th slash of the 12 layered strike, and Kaiju number 11 lifts up its tail and blocks the killing blow, just like number 10 blocked the killing blow before. So his blade carves into the tail, but it stops well short of where the core is. And just as uh, his, his support team is going, oh, no, even after all that, he still can't finish it Hoshina says kaiju i win in the end it looks like being a go-between is just in my nature and we pan back and see he cut off the tail of his suit and it's flying down through the air we still holding the blade and kaiju number 10's uh, eye is peeking out of it to guide the blade home and that is where we end things as the blade goes through the back of Kaiju number 11's neck, piercing its core for the killing
1: blow. It's pretty Fucking metal. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it is a very metal way to end it. Uh, I, I I should note, it is Kaiju number 12 uh that they're fighting no that's okay uh really the numbers are rather arbitrary you're all gonna Uh, be dead at the end of this (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah we're gonna be talking about kaiji number 16 in a a couple weeks um but this is such a fucking awesome fight uh and this is like a really satisfying conclusion because it is surprising i did not pick up where this was going uh when it was blocked i was like oh what do they do from here and it's like oh all according to keikaku and the, the swing around sword is, is such a cool move. Uh, yeah, I like this a lot. This is a really satisfying fight. It seems to be the end of it. Uh, this is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: I got very, very excited during this, uh, this fight. Uh, had a really good time. And uh, it was just a very satisfying single chapter. In addition to being a cool climax to the fight. Just the... No, you thought it was just a very per- properly paced oh you thought that was the the plan oh you thought that was the plan you know it follows up enough quickly enough with yeah. itself that it's not too many one too many fake outs
1: yeah absolutely really really good had a lot of fun nick Let's, Speaking of having a lot of fun yeah, and really, really good. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about uh, Eden Zero, Chapter 256 for Fraternity Long Past. Let's talk real quick about the cover page, which is a sister in a police uniform uh, posing sexily as there is a, a monumental car crash behind her. Uh, I can only assume... The idea behind this shot is that it's a photo shoot, but in my mind, this is an actual thing happening, and one of the, like, like a paramedic's like, officer, button up your shirt and help. People are dying in there. There's a camera over there. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know why I'm very tickled by that. So they made it into the the new cosmos. Uh, they're just like, oh, when are we going to reach Mother you know, what's going on? Hey, what do we think this cosmos is even called? And they're like, hey, why don't we just go to a random planet and just do some recon? And they find a planet and they're like, wow, that planet's huge. It's also absolutely uninhabitable. Its temperature is negative 220 degrees Celsius. Uh, so they're like, all right, probably isn't life there. And is even like, can we even be sure there are humans in this cosmos? Uh, And they're like, well, we're just going to keep going. Everybody proceed with caution. Cut over to Pino, who has finished uh, hearing a little message, and she's just very... You know, uh,
0: hold on. So I'm kind of bothered by this. (laughs) Excuse me. So uh, we are told that the radius of this planet is approximately 50,000 kilometers. And Hermit says, that's huge. No planet could ever be that big in the Sakura cosmos. The radius of Jupiter is 70,000 kilometers. So, okay.
1: <laughs> We've already established Hero doesn't know space science. He can't Look, do that math. <laughs> hundreds of people could have died in that
0: space battle, Quinn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she has a million followers in the entire galaxy, Nick. That's humongous. Um. So yeah, Pino is looking very sad. Chiki and Rebecca show up and they're like, "Hey, what's going on? You look kind of sad." She's like, uh, "I'm a little frazzled." Uh and Chiki's like, "Hey, does this mean you looked at the the video?" And Rebecca quickly adds like, "It's okay. If you watched it, you don't have to tell us what's on there, but if you ever do want to talk about it, we're here." And Pino just like short circuits like her eyes shoot out and she just clonks over so uh, we cut over to a collage of different scenes first up is Herman first up we vomit uh, we go over to Herman and Wise and Herman is looking up at him oh this is the scene that
0: made you vomit
1: really <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh, Hermit's just like, wow, U is really quite something. They, don't, they, never, they only saw Arsenal for a couple seconds, and they already knew how to make it better. So, like, expect a Weiss upgrade. We got a justification for why, why his suit will do new things. And he's, right. you know, Weiss is really nervous. He's like, hey, whoa, why are you touching me there? And she, like, gets a little grin. She's like, oh, what is this? A human is actually shy about having an android touch him? And Weiss kind of, like, lowers his Iron Man helmet. And... He has an expression. I don't know what the emotion you're supposed to feel here is. I don't know if it's pride. I have love in my heart for you. Yeah, I don't know if he's (laughs) nervous. I truly, this is that hero face where you're just like, I don't know what this is. But he just says, it's not about being a human or an android. It's because it's you. And Hermit starts fucking blushing. She's just like, oh, woo, woo, woo. what are you talking about? You're so god You know, fucking runs away or whatever. And why she's just like, who knows? Uh, then we move to the scene that annoys you, <laughs> which is Hamura walks up to Valkyrie and is like, hey, what, what do you want to talk to me about? And Valkyrie's like, I was dead in the last world, right? And Valheimor you know, is like, yes, the sorrow was overwhelming, and uh, Valkyrie is just like, but if that's the answer, like, you know, sometimes people die. Like, sometimes you have to let history be the way it is. Should I really even be alive in this world? Why does she think this? I have no, I have no idea. This entire conversation comes out of nowhere because these two characters, despite being like super emotionally connected to each other, had just not really interacted. <laughs> In like the seven months that this fucking series has been like in the new time jump, it's wild. But I don't know. Here we are. Uh, I could understand if there was like something wrong
0: with the timeline that they're mm-hmm. in where it's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. There's th- whenever people die, they turn into flesh eating zombies or something yeah. like that. You know, or like, oh, it feels like everything is wrong. Like all these things that we saw before, you know, people are having worse lives than they did before. Like, no it's not the case yeah everyone's way better evil people are all good now
1: <laughs> there, yeah there is like the idea like oh is this is like, uh, like a like a morality tale about like trying to change what you can't control something like that no this isn't this isn't pet cemetery or something like that uh, Val- this isn't Flashpoint or yeah, whatever yeah is. <laughs> valkyrie is just spontaneous like maybe i should be dead maybe that'd be better for everybody like And Valkyrie's, of course, like, absolutely, how could you say that? Absolutely not. Don't you understand what we all went through for this? Like, we grieved so much. And Valkyrie says, the time will always come to say goodbye for humans and androids alike. I am only alive because this world made it so. And Amora, again, is like, what are you talking about <laughs> like i've seen so many fucking people die but in this world they're alive this is a good world we're in why are you being like this uh if you if you're really this frustrated then give yourself give this world a reason for keeping you alive basically uh and she starts crying she's like make this world one that will not make me cry and valkyrie like flicks her in the head it's like that's a tall order coming from a cry baby like you nick Never in Homura's entire existence has crybaby been like an established character trait of hers. This is simply something created for this moment.
0: We would have known if she were a crybaby because she would have talked out loud about being a crybaby and being embarrassed by it. Like, (laughs)
1: yeah, it's it's a very strange scene. I understand why we're getting it right now, because we're about to move into something involving all of the the uh, shining stars. But this is an incredibly stupid moment. Because oh, that means Witch is going to get a scene, right? So we, we cut over to the scene that i skipped through mostly <laughs> Because Sister <laughs> is doing BDSM stuff with Moskoy. And she's just like, you know, come to think of it. The Edens one was in the Yukino cosmos when we left. Do you think it's still wandering around there trying to find the mother ether? And Moskoy tries to say something, but he has a ball gag in. So she removes it. And then he talks. She's like. I just hope she hasn't attacked Planet Milts. And I was like, I fuck, I forgot this motherfucker could talk. I forgot he could say words that weren't just
0: Moscow or like, I want to be a slave over. And over again. Just spits out the ball gag, verily, sister. In <laughs> my opinion, it.
1: <laughs> it really felt like that, like it, because he looks so stupid all the time. But then it turns it's like. I just hope that the civilians of that good nation haven't suffered for our actions being in there <laughs> for lo, if we have failed them <laughs> yeah he's uh, re- uh, he's ready to give a fucking uh, captain picard speech over here he's just like
0: oh excuse me can you can you can you just kind of like tug my um, on my underwear it's kind of riding up there
1: and though i may be... <laughs> if you could just uh, push the, the the anal plug a little bit it's kind of it's kind of in there a little d- there we go there we go forsooth <laughs> forsooth and comfort <laughs> um, so <laughs> the scene just ends because Shiki runs in with it Pino and is like we have to sister you have to help Pino she just kind of collapsed all of a sudden so they set her down and they're ready to focus on her and we start going into a flashback Nick 20,000 years ago and it looks like we're in New York City Uh, Yes We we see Sister, or not Sister Witch, uh, who in this life is a lawyer, I believe they established, and she's walking she grabs a little car and she asks Yuna how the competition was. Uh, To be clear I will not be using what their real names are in this universe. I already have enough challenges remembering the four shining stars Uh, Just note that if I if it says something different on the page, I am just going to refer to them as the shining star name they get later. So Valkyrie, as we see, is a surfer and she's like, ah, it's a total bust. I, you know, maybe I'm getting too old for this. Oh, you're on your way to see Ivory. Uh and she, uh, sister or witch is like, yeah, absolutely. And we see sister and she's in a hospital room and she's very sick. And they're like, yeah, I hope she gets well soon. She's looking out the window, all forlorn. And then we cut over to Hermit, and she's running up the stairs. And she's in a schoolgirl outfit. So she's just like a schoolgirl in this universe. She's like, oh, the planet is screaming. There isn't much time left. And we end there. uh, Because, you know, I guess we're going to be in the middle of a Shining Stars flashback. So
0: presumably this uh follows up on the images that we saw when they encountered the dark stars and mm. it was established. it and better I connected to them <laughs> in the past life. Um so several things. One there's the point that I, I named earlier, like, oh, so you know, we're gonna get a scene of which before we go into this. No.
1: Nick why would we need a scene every character trait about her that we needed to establish has happened she's mommy she's the shield of Eden she's she shoot she shoot a little lasers and she's mommy Nick I don't know what else we need so (laughs) I just named you seven traits (laughs) (laughs) so it's
0: We're establishing, like, okay, here's what they were in their past lives. Uh-huh. And for a couple of them, it's like, okay, sister was sickly, so she's a healer in, yeah. in this universe. Okay, sure. Witch was a lawyer, so she is a defender in this universe. Okay. Hermit was, I don't know, schoolgirl. Uh, <laughs> And uh, being a surfer, you know, swordsman. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah. if you think about it.
0: Um, But mostly my problem with this is just the very weird set of scenes that we have that lead into this, where we establish, like, what's going on with each of them? And look, we've, we've harped on the pairing of Hermit and Weiss for a while now, because they just it's weird because she looks like she's 12 and even though she's not, and that's just kind of a thing where it's like, Oh, we will put you except, years old. who cares?
1: Except she almost kind of is because this time flashback shows her at what age she was there. And she definitely looks like an elementary school student. So if these, yeah. if we find out that like something happened that made them all robots from that time, it is definitely a way creepier relationship. <laughs>
0: Right, like her development was frozen there, but anyway, mm-hmm. so but that being said, at least it was like, okay, here is a scene where like something personally important with her is happening. Which in Homura, that scene is stupid because as we went over, like it's using character traits that had never been established before for a character who's been around since the beginning of the series, uh, and also just a really weirdly timed conversation to have that seems like something that they should have like had when like valkyrie first showed up like maybe she would have had had doubts about joining the crew because she like sensed that like something was wrong and maybe this wasn't the way things were supposed to be like maybe she would be going against destiny by doing it but no it's like things have been fine while she's been traveling with the crew and having no unique contributions to this to the cast at all since she joined up uh and then yeah they've been
1: sister's thing (laughs) They've been spanking their way through every cosmos they've went into. Like, she should be like, dude, we rule. This universe rocks.
0: And then their sister, who is just doing stupid BDSM stuff. Like, can you do anything else with her? No, Nick. She's, Come on. She's
1: positing the important questions. Like, where's the Eden-1 in all of this? Hold on. Let me remove your ball gag so you can have a conversation. It's like, oh my God. I, this is just a an intensely annoying series of scenes uh like for different levels as i said i just don't vibe at all with weiss and hermit i think that's just a stupid relationship there's nothing there but most hero relationships at this point are just like two characters he thinks look cute together and there isn't mm-hmm. really much between them that actually feels like they would be fun as a couple uh yeah. the valkyrie scene yeah you kind of nailed it like It just doesn't make sense that it's happening now. Maybe there's supposed to be, like, an angle here that, like, the four shining stars have to die. Like, this is, like, a second chance for them. But, you know, ultimately they're all going to pass. And all these scenes are meant to be seen now with, like, a different tragic light to it. But it just, like, doesn't come across well. It just comes across, like, Valkyrie spontaneously being like, yeah, I shouldn't be alive in this universe. This is all weird. And... And then yeah, then there's just a sister scene, and then nothing for which, just eternally nothing for which. <sighs> it's dumb. Let's talk about Cipher Academy, Nick. That's always yeah. dumb.
0: Right. So it's chapter 40 of Cipher Academy. Whoever decodes it should do it. Uh, and last time, Iroha had uh, imparted to Ensa uh, that. He knew that there was someone he needed to convince to join up with his team. And uh, so she says, oh, oh, well, let me guess. Let me guess who it is. And she starts, like, naming some of the, like, background people uh, in their uh, class that haven't really gotten a focus thus far. Uh, so just like, oh, you know, there's still that there's still that girl who's got her weird mask. <laughs> or could it be our imaginary classmates? <laughs>
1: This motherfucker is going to be so... This, this character is going to be an antagonist later on in the series. I can already feel it. Like, there's just they're just going to be talking to, like, a chair with no one in it. And they're going to be like, Isn't that right, Wasangora, Susa, Sama, or whatever the character's name is. Or just, I'm going to have to sit there and be like, There's an actual person in that chair or presence. This is an actual thing that's happening. I've just accepted it.
0: <laughs> uh. And uh, so she keeps on guessing people and eventually her is just like, it's you. And uh, she's surprised by this. And he says like, look, Mm -hmm. if our class could go, then I want us to go together. And if one person has to stay behind, then I will. Nine members are going to be chosen for this mysterious cyber brain battle. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds silly, Uh, but he says, regardless of who the remaining five end up being, no matter who ends up being one of the nine, I won't have any regrets, and if I have to go with only one other person, I want that person to be you. Oh,
1: it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's I like that, that you know, we haven't forgotten her because it did feel like this was a character that got kind of forgotten once Aroha started climbing the ranks. It's like, oh yeah, that right. girl was like his first friend.
0: Uh, so she kind of just goes off to think about this and uh, she winds up on that stage that they were on when they had their uh, their match with uh, class 1E. And uh, so you know she thinks to herself like, Euro has just overestimated me. I don't have a, a, a sad past like Nutaba. I'm not a complicated, I'm not in a complicated situation like you got, I'm not a schemer like anonymity. I don't have any nobility like Yosai Mura. I'm not charming like Botayama. Allegedly. Uh, I feel like we haven't really got to know that character. Uh, but, uh, you know, she says she remembers when she's like explained why she was there, like that she was only there because she sympathized with the Academy's principles. And she says, that's not a lie, but that's all I've got. There's not some experience unique to me that could push me to the next stage and at that moment uh the head of class e shows up i keep on forgetting her name because she kind of keeps on going away before i could memorize it uh (laughs) hat girl shows up and uh she uh so uh they start talking well and so like is sitting on the stage while uh Kubinashi circles around her and says, yeah, you've got nine glasses weapons, way more than we've got, Uh, so maybe you're, like, having a harder time choosing because you actually got more options available to you. But did you know this? Class A was utilized for the glasses weapons proof of concept, and there was one person aside from the Toshisai and Nohime factions who Dr. Kogoe didn't approach. And that's you. Uh. And well, Ensa's like, well, yeah, but that that's just proves my point. I'm the biggest weakling in our class. And uh, so Kubinashi says, in that cl- case, it's clear why Irohazaka decided to invite you. He wants to take along a screw-up on purpose. He wants a meat shield, someone who take the hits for him. Through the grade-wide leader battles, he probably learned that creating the ultimate team can lead to a lack of balance and it was also proven that nothing but continuous wins leads to isolation. So having an idiot who holds the group back actually helps everyone come together. And, and so whirls on her, gets in her face, her hair falls away from her eyes, and she says, Iroha Irohazaka would never think like that.
1: Hell yeah. Stick it up for a friend, Nick.
0: Yeah. So... Kubanashi backs off. Literally, is like, Mea yeah, Kulpa may, may uh, holds her hands up and and says, "All right, so you're just going to have to prove that then. Prove you're not the biggest weakling in your class in the Digital Cipher Academy. Stop, stop saying digital. I, I know that you're going into digital stuff, but you 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 have to understand. You sound silly, guys. You need to stop naming the things that you're doing. <laughs> um, and uh, so Ensa says like." Like, I know what this is. This is some kind of faded grudge. I'll just have an endless amount of experiences from here on out with Iro Iro. And uh, so she turns and she leaves. We find out that Yuka was also watching stuff from the shadows. Um, and not a lot's really said, but
1: yeah. Well, she she is basically just like, It's rare, like, you weren't trying to actually hurt her. You were trying to encourage her. She was using her her psychology. Yeah, so. So, Everybody in the school is kind of nice when you get down to it. We uh,
0: see that Iroha is meeting with uh, a member of Class 1D, Methane Gas Mingata Suzume. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm just going to always remember her name's <laughs> methane gas. I feel like that's, that's really easy.
0: Uh, the puzzle that she has is the 137,790th bullet. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, she, yeah, she says like, yeah, invalidates. You Guisu made a big deal about how our names are similar. <laughs> She's like, yes, you also have ridiculous names. Uh, but Mainthan Gas says, You said you knew someone who has an even more similar name. Can you tell me it? And he says, Invicious,
1: Yunaki in Invicious.
0: In Come on,
1: in my guy. This is so wild.
0: And it turns out that Invicious was the leader of Iroha's cheerleading
1: club in middle school. It's like, you hear like cheerleader, and you're like, Becky. Jessica Invicious. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know why it's so funny to me that there's a character and love the, the cheerleading team and their name was Invicious. Oh my god. So, Mephita
0: <laughs> 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 says to Iroha, if you have anything that you want to ask her as the little sister, she'll talk to you there. So why don't you go and see her? Gives him the puzzle that has the, the bullet on it. Um... And, uh, yeah, he says, like, we're kind of, like, busy preparing for summer break, and she says, I mean, every class is, but I'm not the messenger because I'm drowning in free time. Uh, so he thinks it over while looking at the puzzle, uh, and Entsa says from off-panel, hey, you you should go. I'll I'll keep working on choosing members in in the meantime. And Iroha turns to look at her, and she's cut her hair and rolled her sleeves up. And I am not okay with this.
1: <laughs> I had uh, no idea this was supposed to be the first time I read it. Cause I kind of like passed. I like, I was kind of skimming it a little bit and I was like, wait, is this a vicious? Like, did we introduce her to, to like reveal that she's here or something like that? And it took me a little bit before I was like, oh, it's N. Okay. I get it. I get it now.
0: I'm I'm not cool with this. Like, don't stop making characters with distinct appearances Look like everyone else. Don't <laughs> do this. I, ha-
1: I have to see her in more panels than this because they literally don't have another shot of her in this chapter. Uh, but this, I, I need. if nothing else, she needs to keep the extraordinarily long sleeves. I need that. I will not know who she is otherwise. <laughs>
0: uh, but uh, yeah, so Ensa has agreed to uh, join the team now. So she says we need four more people now to recruit. Uh, and uh, so yeah has left thinking about that as he walks off he's still looking over the clue the methane gas has given him and he says if she had said no I would have been disappointed for the rest of my life <laughs> they're so sweet
1: they're such good friends uh-huh. <laughs> disappointed for the rest of my life that's, <laughs> that's how I react to most things that happen Aww. with me and my friendships so I'm like I wonder if they want to go see a movie if they say no I'm going to have been disappointed for the rest of my life
0: uh, he does also briefly think about uh, Namasu, one of the girls that Ensa uh, thought uh, they should like look into because they don't really know anything about her yet. Uh, but as he's thinking about that, he bumps into Iteshite, the bear. Kuoka Itetsute, <laughs> Kuoka Itetsute, and uh, yeah. Uh, so Hiro uh, is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Eteshite Sani. and and, they, and she says, "Yes, Kuoka Itetsute." The one in the costume.
1: <laughs> uh, it should be clear. Costume is not in quotes. She is trying to be upfront that it is a costume. But we, I think, all agree. They're like, costume.
0: Nah, it's a bear. It's a bear, guys. A bear
1: just got into this academy. It's the best thing. <laughs>
0: uh, so she presents uh, Iroha with a code as well, which says,
1: Do niche sports. <laughs> Do niche <laughs> sports, the- Nick.
0: All right. So uh, she says, if you wish to know more about the battlefield dancer, you're invited to come here. But Hiroha says, I mean, I do want to know more, but I kind of got like a previous engagement. But Ateshii turns to leave and says, in that case, you should prioritize your current engagement. If you think you're still able to acquire this confidential information at a later date, someone else's life or the current state of someone you're indebted to choose the information you wish to know and we close on a split panel of the two different class leaders who have set up meetings with iroha waiting for him in different locations um and invalidate sunaki guisu is waiting on the endless staircase from mario 64
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she is on a fucking gigantic staircase uh you know, but now that we've learned about vicious I feel like that's what we gotta go with. We gotta learn more about them, right? I want if
0: their names. vicious we yeah. got to. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is a cool chapter. Uh, I do like the motivation uh, for N to be like, I want to, you know, I want to prove myself. I don't like you speaking down to Aroha. I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna prove to you that he, he's not taking me along because I'm a fuck up. You know, I, I'm gonna prove myself there. Uh, you know, the jury is still out on her important haircut, you know, TM. Uh, but I do think it's cool that she is getting some spotlight because this was like a significant character to start. And, you know, I like the the no person left behind mentality of this series.
0: Yeah. Still think that she shouldn't have cut her hair. Just...
1: <laughs> we That's all agree. Too...
0: <laughs> it's too distinct. Like, come on. <laughs> um, So... Let's move on, though, to our new series uh-huh. in Shonen Jump. Kagurabachi. Uh So we... It's an oddly structured chapter because it's very direct in its timeline. And a lot of times with this kind of setup, things aren't given to us in this manner. Uh, so first off, we just get like, you know, hey, world establishing stuff. Uh, forging of katanas. Uh, There is, you know, there is a forging technique called Tanren, which is used in making Japanese swords. Tamahagane, steel made from iron sand, is hammered and folded and hammered again. And a lump of steel is turned into a beautiful, strong katana. And we flash forward in our color two-page spread to someone using a katana to cut through a bunch of yakuza. Um... And then we go back to see a father and son. Uh, the son is looks to be a teenager throughout this. His name is Chihiro, and his the father uh, is Kunishige Rokuhira, who is the most famous swordsmith in the land. And we see them, you know, forging stuff. We see that, uh, that Kunishige is. Very serious whenever he is forging stuff. And then we see a bunch of stuff in their home life and see that when it doesn't come to forging swords, he is a goofy weirdo.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so funny, Nick. He's just a silly little guy.
0: He randomly uh gets goldfish. Uh huh. Just randomly gets He's some goldfish. Just
1: a silly little guy getting goldfish. Silly so little uh, man.
0: Thinks that he can talk to them. Uh and uh Yep, Chihiro kind of has to like take care of them because his dad's too weird around home. He keeps on making weird faces whenever uh, Chihiro points out obvious stuff to him, uh, like, "Hey, you know, you're referring to the goldfish we have as fresh goldfish." It makes it sound like you want to eat them, and he just goes, Arr.
1: "Yeah, there's there's a lot." And I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to find this charming or funny. It's 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 a tone though. His dad has mm-hmm. his his dad is a character. You know, he could be a stand-up comedian with this much of a dad for a he character. <laughs> Let me tell you about my dad. Ah! <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh,
0: big deal. <laughs> um, they have this family friend named Mr. Sheba, who just kinda like <laughs> Shows he just fucking shows up.
1: Like I, I was like, is there like an introduction to this character? I'm like, eh, hey, he just shows up sometimes.
0: Yep. He apparently has a arm measuring contest with hero Chihiro because She you know, he's a growing boy and she was like, I'm still bigger than you. I mean, yeah, you're a full-on adult. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Um and uh, you know, while having a conversation with Chihiro, he says, like, you know, your dad, years ago, he was this he was actually more famous than the soldiers alliance because the swords that he made the fact that he made such incredible swords actually helped to end the war so don't forget that your dad's a hero he saved a lot of people and chihiro's like yeah yeah i've heard that hundreds of times (laughs) kind of tired of hearing it, it seems um but uh you know get some more stuff between chihiro and his dad his dad makes more goofy expressions Uh, And then he has a conversation with them when they go into, you know, like a little dojo that they've got in the house. And he says, yeah, I've got a few of these swords stored in the basement. Most of the katana I made before you were born. Uh, Katana have always saved lives and slashed open new eras. But I'm sure you know, they're still tools for killing people. We are complicit in the deaths they cause. If they fall into evil hands, they can kill good people. As swordsmiths, we have to always keep that in mind. Katana should be wielded by those dedicated to vanquishing evil and protecting the weak. And that goes for us, too. We need to have principles and accountability. Can you carry that burden? And uh, Chihiro's like, I don't know, but I'm committed to taking that on. So whenever he's... Again, like whenever Chihiro's dad has some sword stuff to talk about, he gets very serious. Whenever he's not... (laughs) (laughs) So a very weird person he is also he cuts through one of those like those bundled like sword practicing things in a way that i understand you're not supposed to do you're not supposed to go ha with it you're that's not how you practice sword play with it but uh you are supposed to do that if you're a swordsmith because you're testing the blade and its ability to cut through stuff so if you're a swordsman, you don't do that. If you're a swordsmith, you do.
1: And so. Nick, he knows what he's talking about. He has a shirt that says, I love katanas on it.
0: Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, look, whenever you go into a job, you've got to wear a T-shirt that says, like, I love accounting. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> every Every day you go to
1: work, you have your I love accounting T-shirt on. And everyone's that's like, right. nice shirt, Nick.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what I'm about. Yeah. So. Uh, so they decide to go back to work and, uh, Chihiro's dad says, all that's left is for me to believe in you. And Chihiro thinks, you yeah, that's my dad. And we get a shot of like, you know, his dad from the back as he's like leaving the room. And then Chihiro says, clean up the mess you made. Oh, and on a goofy note, this is the last time that we ever saw him alive or something like that. <laughs> uh, it's very quickly established that he's. Almost certainly dead, uh, because there are a lot of references to, oh, the last katana he ever made and that kind of thing going forward. It's never directly stated, oh, he's dead, but it's definitely implied uh, from this point forward. We flash forward to uh, just over three years later, uh, some asshole Yakuza are cutting up people who uh, stood up to them. Uh, who were, you know, like, passing out flyers, trying to get people to rise up against the criminals that control their town. And so, you know, a bunch of them, like, take up swords and start fucking killing them. And one of them is beating up one of the guys who was kind of the leader, and uh, is there, and he says, like, yeah, you guys, this was a peaceful place before you came along. And uh, so the leader of the group, who's got mutton chops, uh, says, do you know who's backing us? He's like, yeah, sorcerers, so what? Uh, let me at that sorcerer, and, uh, a dude in a hat, apparently said sorcerer, starts to cast magic, and, uh, says, I think your bravery is often rooted in ignorance. Have you ever seen sorcery? Look, I made a little tree! It's a spiky I didn't even tree. To, I didn't even have to bite you to turn this tree on yeah. you, ah.
1: I have given you the gift of the
0: pain tree. Ooh, uh, also, it'll go away soon. Also, I'm setting this thing on fire. Also, goodbye! (laughs) It's a little bit inconsistent with how he's behaving. Like, are you trying to scare him? Are you going to kill him? What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, he leaves. He does. Cut onto onto a train. Chihiro and Mr. Shiba are riding on the train together. Uh, Chihiro's got a katana with him. And uh, they, you know, just kind of like talk about stuff uh shiba refers to a scar that uh Chihiro has on his cheek and says you know you could get that removed right it stands out why don't you do something about it and he says yeah well, every day when i look in the mirror i see this scar and i remember that day so every day i start the morning with fresh hatred okay All so right. <laughs> uh they get off the train going to town they're kind of like going over like yeah the city's ruled by the yakuza here uh and uh, Chihiro says, do you think that the Yakuza are connected to them? And Shiva says, I can't be sure, but it's the only lead that we've got. So what do we do now? Jiro says, let's go check out the Yakuza, see if they're reasonable men. And then they see that, like, the Yakuza have strung up a whole bunch of dead people that they've killed <gasps> off of a bridge.
1: Uh, Nick, they used katanas for evil. Oh, no, he
0: used katanas for that. And so Jiro gets mad. Uh We cut over to the yakuza compound where a bunch of guys are hanging out going "Ah, Uh, (laughs) shiba is throwing throws a knife kills one of the dudes chihiro gets between a bunch of them and we just start getting fucking slicey slicey dicey action uh Uh things ramp up get very bloody very quickly Jiro uh, bursts into the compound cuts down a guy cuts off some some guy's arms yeah,
1: the, is... uh, a, ba- a battle for honor or without honor humanity starts playing
0: <laughs> very much that and so uh so the mutton chops dude uh is like what do you want uh and shiba for no real reason is like sitting on one of the guards outside and he says hey you know that kid's the son of kunishige rokuhira you've heard of him right the master swordsmith, famous for his special technique nobody else can do. Uh, and uh, Chihiro, meanwhile, is inside and he says, I can't allow slime like you to wheel a katana. Uh, so a bunch of them rush towards him. Chihiro goes to draw his blade, and as he does so, we get the continuation of Shiba's explanation of the specialty that Kunishige did. The katana he made were enchanted blades with special powers. And Chihiro, as he draws his sword, declares Enten, 10 and spectral giant forms of the goldfish that were in the bowl uh, in his past are summoned from it. As he starts to mow down people and he just swings the sword once and just bisects like everyone uh, in the warehouse. Uh-huh. Uh, blood, blood, blood flying everywhere, cutting through bodies. And, uh, yeah, all the Yakuza are dead. That kid's still alive, the one that they took prisoner, but he is for sure traumatized now. <laughs> well,
1: uh, Nick, did the tree go away? They said it would go away in time.
0: Yep, it's gone. Hey,
1: it went away with time. It's cool. Oh, wow, that sorcerer was true to his word. What a good guy.
0: Yeah, it seems cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chihiro uh, has left just the mutton chops guy alive and he says tell us what you know about the Hishaku. shaku he's like what are you talking about the group of sorcerers backing you I'm sure if you want to play dumb that's fine I'm sure your men are already waiting for you in hell and mutton chops says oh the shaku those guys are monsters you want to pick a fight with monsters like that you're insane and Chihiro says do I seem
1: sane to you Oh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, damn, you roasted me good, man. Shit, are you Wendy's? Like, because I just got roasted. I feel like talking about this chapter has, made,
0: has lowered my opinion of it drastically. <laughs> uh, before we start talking about this, I actually thought that, was, that this was pretty good. I don't know if I'm into the plot of this at all. But once we get into the actual action scene, it's, like, crisp. You can tell what's going on very easily. Uh, It's eye-catching and very unashamedly gory. Uh, So it's at least executed well. Uh, I do think the visuals as well for a lot of just, like, the drawing of the katana when the fish come out is cool. This is very straightforward, just revenge katana film stuff Uh uh, thus far. But it is serviceable, and if it's going to generate a bunch of good action scenes, then it's enough. I think.
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's a meme going around on it right now that's like, you know, giving it kind of like the Morbius treatment. Like everyone's like, is number one it forever." Sucked. It's yeah. all, it's old. So it's outsold everything. Uh, I don't know if I have. I mean, the Morbius joke was that Morbius sucked ass. So I don't right. know it was if, if, if if going into it. Uh, in that regard, is the same way. There's certainly worse uh, chapter ones out there. I will say that for a very large port of uh, a part of reading this chapter, though, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be the series I forget about." Like, mm-hmm. you, there's a couple series throughout each year that like just don't leave any impact. Uh, the premise isn't particularly interesting. The characters just don't have anything that stands out. And you know, two years, three years, five years down the line, you look at it and you're like you know, what was Neru? Like, what was, you know, alien's area? Like, what, what were these things? It's like, just didn't leave much of an impact. Uh, and I felt like that's what this is. I still think it probably will end up being that. But I will say the moment when he's like, our swords have sorcery, and here's mine, and he summons the goldfish, I was like, all right. Maybe there's something here. Because that moment was cool, and I was able to get behind it. So I'm hoping... That maybe it's just going to take me a little bit of time to like figure this series out. Uh, but as of right now, I, I still was not super impressed by it. Uh, it's fine. It's it's very fine. Guardian yeah. of the Witch. That's another one, right? What happened to that, Nick?
0: Uh, the which one, sorry?
1: Guardian of the Witch.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was immortalized in me because I just remember that later chapter where he's flying around with the two of them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think it was chapter two.
0: No, no, it was late oh, in the series oh, when I he was... starts like okay. flying around with them, like perfectly horizontal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now, oh. Nick, let's move from one new series to another. We're
0: talking about. There's only one new series.
1: Well. Right? Uh, there's, I mean, it's not brand new, but it's only nope, chapter
0: no. two. This is the only series that's come out in this latest run of Jump series. I don't know oh, what you're talking
1: Nick, about. Corey. I'm ashamed to tell you that is actually factually not true. <sighs> we of course have to talk about Mamma Mia, You, uh, That's that's right. that's the 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 cadence at which you were supposed to refer to this series.
0: All right, let's talk. Let's talk about Mama Haka Show, uh, uh. and uh, it's chapter number two. Run, Corleo.
1: No, you got to do it with the Italian. Mm -hmm. Run, Corleo, run. The spaghetti is (laughs) getting (laughs) cold.
0: What you can't see is that the lion in the background has a mane made of spaghetti. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: Somewhere out there, there's one person from Italy. It's like, oh, we do not want to talk like this. Oh, I would have never listen to your on podcast again. Oh, I dropped my cousin in anger.
0: God. I'm just looking at this first page and I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> We're reintroduced to our two main characters, Corleo and Mamama. Corleo. We are reminded, was resuscitated from near death by the alternate hero, Evan's sigil sorcery. He is 18 years old, height 172 centimeters, hobby, napping, <laughs> never dated before, yeah. all critical information.
1: Bitches, none. Demon
0: Lord, ma, ma ma took in and raised Corleo 18 years ago when he was two months old, age 38, height 146 centimeters, hobby, napping. Has dated before?
1: Oh, they're like best friends. They both love napping.
0: These are the most boring people on the planet. They both what are their hobbies?
1: Napping <laughs> and nothing else. Nick, how can you say that she's dated before? <laughs> Who? <laughs> I don't know. Steve from accounting. <laughs> no, that's impossible.
0: I would have heard about that. <laughs>
1: damn i shouldn't have gone for accounting you're like that's my territory i know what's up there
0: oh uh, you know how accounting departments are they're rumor mills <laughs> can
1: keep a secret. real scuttlebutt going on over in the accounting department
0: uh so mamama Ma is handing corleo a piece of paper and uh he says what's this and she says Come to that address at seven tonight because I gotta tell you something. Why can't she say it now? Corleo asks that and she says, That attitude is a turnoff for girls. Now, I should know I've dated before.
1: Yeah, <laughs> not I am one, <laughs> I've <have> dated before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, a, it's been three days since the whole thing involving Evan. Uh, he was, was told that he's a hero, but he still doesn't feel like a hero. Uh, he is walking down the street, kind of haunted by memories of Evan and being told like, you're without a doubt a hero. And he's like, oh, is it okay though? If I think of myself as a hero, Hey, that demon kid that he protected in the first chapter stops him and comes up to him and says, I want to thank you for your help. I'm glad you're the hero. And Corleo, I kid you not, runs away from him.
1: No, he runs with excitement.
0: Yeah. And he looks like a dork. Look, look
1: at the way he's running. Nick! Neither of us have a ground to stand on. We both run like weirdos. I've seen us run. I don't run like that. <laughs> no, that is it's
0: true. Although it is at least we are at least told in the narration that he was tripping over himself all the way like a kid running on his birthday, which okay, so runs to meet my mama uh, and is out of breath when he gets there. Our hero, uh, and we have been told to come to the Memorial Cemetery, where heroes lie. And uh, he's specifically brought to the previous hero's gravesite. And Mama Ma says, there's two things I need to tell you. The act of protecting comes with its fair share of self-sacrifice. I was the demon lord, but weak. If the hero army had really wanted to kill me back then, I'd be long dead. But hello, 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 hello was an extreme pacifist, a virtuous man who would forgo his own safety to protect others. He traded his life to usher at the end of the war. What about you? I see the traces of hello, 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 Heidi, howdy, hey, in you. Uh, And we get a flashback from Mama Ma's perspective to when hello, hey, 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 Nani nani was talking to her and said, why are you insisting on stopping me? And Mama Ma said, don't make me say it. You're being mean. Oh, did she have a crush on him? Le gasp. Uh, and he says, I want the next hero to live a peaceful life. Never again should a life be unjustly taken. If my life can make that happen, then it feels a small price to pay. I'm glad to be the hero. And Mama Mama says in the present, I don't want you to get hurt. So don't go overboard when you're being brave. Run when you should. Be a, be a bitch. Don't. 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 Yeah. So uh, Coleo looks at her. Thinks about the time that you know she was crying with relief when he was brought back to life and is like, okay. Uh then he um does like kind of the sign of the cross, but not only is it different from the actual sign of the cross, but also he does it wrong. Uh so, <laughs> mm. so Mama Ma points that out to him, and uh he mutters to himself, you crying she says, shut up and so Corleo says well hey earlier a demon kid thanked me and I always thought that nothing good ever came from being born the hero but today was the first time I felt different I felt glad to be the hero it's a weird place to have this this part like, this happened last chapter anyway mm-hmm. so he apologizes for saying that he wished he, that he hadn't been born uh, and then he goes to walk away like he tries to get away from all of his weird awkward conversations and uh she says no wait i had two things to tell you the second is the meat of the matter the other thing is oh and everything gets all topsy-turvy whoo upside down the eclipse happening oh a monster's over there uh Turns out Evan said to her like, "Yeah, I think that there's gonna that now that I've given Corleo some of my powers, that there's gonna be like mon- abnormalities showing up. Good luck with that. Goodbye." A uh, monster attacks and weird stuff starts happening with eye monsters and stuff, and uh uh Mama Ma tells uh, Corleo that he needs to run away, uh and there's like an image of Corleo being ripped apart. But that doesn't that doesn't actually happen. Mama tells him to run away. The weird monster thing attacks Mama Ma, rips her arm off. And Corleo goes to punch it and punches it. There's the question a effect. Yeah, he punches it. He punches it. Uh, and uh, the thing sees the sigil of the hero on his hand.
1: So last week I was a little bit <laughs> immediately on his phone last week I was a little bit more positive on this series than you are. Uh, I definitely felt myself, uh, brought back down to earth this week as I was like, yeah, this was, I wish there had been something more interesting. I think maybe it's just the fact this series has some like interesting paneling going on. It's really the only thing that I think it has going for it. um, I guess we have our premise now that, like, alien or monsters will invade this world and it's up to Corleo to become a hero. Um, I think there's, like, a weird level, though, of, like, all this feels kind of strange. Like, our initial premise is, like, this is a world without peace. What does a hero mean in that? Uh, and then it was like, actually, no, there are just monsters that are going to attack. Like, it's it's kind yeah. of like an extra middleman step was placed in there. Because it's like, no, because the, the different multiverse is touching or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just didn't really vibe with this chapter nearly as much. Like, again, there are, there are still some cool panels. Um, I do think it's innovative with the way it structures itself. But it's just not particularly edge like next chapter is a real make it or break it like next chapter has to fucking rule uh and I'm i'm not sure i have that same optimism that it will anymore
0: yeah um i have no interest in these people or what they're trying to do i actually am there with you in terms of like if less were happening in this series it would somehow be more interesting because taking the tack of hey we've got this cycle of War between people and now there is a time of peace so how do these people find meaning in that oh a new conflict comes along that's not how you answer that question now it's it's putting it on the back burner uh and that's annoying to me um but in the meantime like somehow corleo is the most boring protagonist in shonen jump right now which is Awaited fucking statement, I feel <laughs> he's
1: got a lot of step competition.
0: Uh, and I just am not interested in anything happening right now. Yeah, I, I will fully read the next chapter. I am still li- like like I'm much further along. I was trying to stay open my last time, and I feel like my mind is very much shutting itself off to this. And I'm going to try to be fair until we at least get through the first three chapters. But I'm not.
1: Not happy, <laughs> yeah. No, I completely get that. Uh, I know it does make Let's you talk happy talk about a quality series. <laughs> yeah, I know it always makes you happy to talk about, though. Nick, new sexorcist, it's chapter 18,
0: Nui and Shiroha. Uh, so this is an odd place to begin this chapter, but uh, our friend Suo is uh, being answering questions about. The barbecue that happened during the this training arc it felt feels like forever ago, but I know it was like two days ago at this point for them. Um, and doesn't really even have anything really going on. Like her superior dismisses her and is like, "Okay, yeah, go go back to your occult club and stuff." And she says, "Okay," uh, but she thinks to herself, "Like, how long am I going to have to keep on doing reports?" on the spirits at North high and everything. Security is all set up there. It doesn't feel like there's any need for me to do this. Of course, she doesn't know all the shit that's going on with Shiroha's family. Speaking of which she comes across master Moro, the guy that we met at the end of the last chapter, who is apparently going to have to go and try and kill Shiroha, who is his past student. And we find out they're like, yeah, he's a fucking like exorcist. He's got a nice reputation there and she's familiar with him. And calls him by name and stuff. And, uh, she he's apparently really nice and humble while he's you know out and about here and she's very friendly with him uh and she like says like oh yeah your pupil mr uran is a vice captain now and stuff and he's like well he's not my pupil anymore yeah so um but he says you know actually i need to talk to you about something it's about your school uh and we see that he gets some information from her we don't get do exactly what that is but they say goodbye to each other and Suo just thinks like oh you know he's he always looks so tired he, He's probably just asking like, work-related questions. wonder what the heck he's working on, though, that <laughs> requires someone at his level. Though. Uh, then we cut to the school, where, of course, Hoshina and uh, Gakuro are living uh, because uh, Nui is trying to protect her from uh, Shiroha's family. Uh, Shiroha looks wakes up first, looks down, sees that Gakuro is still holding her hand after you know she asked him to do that. And uh, like, all right, I gotta go. Uh, Where's my school (laughs) uniform? (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) Um, So uh, she runs into Nui in the hallway who says like, hey, you you going for a walk? You should go go in for a bath after you're done. Water's nice and hot. Uh, And uh, she says, where's my school uniform? It's drying. Go take a bath.
1: (laughs) Go take a bath. Take a bath, Shiroha. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, hey, slowly look. a gun moving into frame. A bath would sound lovely right about now. Oh, hey,
0: look. Shiro's going to take a bath.
1: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I've heard a great many jokes about this. I think Lost Thief had a great one. He's like, "We used to have standards in this country for fan service. We we, we used to hold <laughs> ourselves to something." <solid."> um, it's <laughs> this is such a nothing thing, but I'm like, all right, fine. They actually have an active, protracted conversation, so I'm I'm fine with the stupid bath scene.
0: It's very weird because yes, that does happen. Before that, we do just get a full-on cheesecake shot because yeah. it's just a shot of Shiro's butt, fully naked, and it's weird because I don't know if what the last time was that I last saw a cheesecake scene so gratuitous and shameless and yet so unsexy. <laughs> I
1: don't know when's <laughs> last time Hiro did something. <laughs> It's anatomical. It's weird. <laughs> I, I'm not going to sit here and really <laughs> grade too much of the art of it, but yes, this this is definitely not something where I was like, oh, the kid, the, the, the people are going to be going wild for this. I'm like, whatever. <laughs>
0: Anyway, Shiroha gets in the bath, takes a soak. Nui is next to her. Well, who could have seen this coming? Whoa! (laughs) Look, there's someone I want to talk with you, Shiroha, and I needed you to go into the bathroom to talk with you about it because there was no way that we were going to have a conversation otherwise. So I'm glad that I in person told you to go in the bath so we could talk about this. Um, but yeah, so Nui says, like, you were trying to leave when I saw you. Yes. Yeah, look, uh, that's not going to work. I've erected a powerful barrier around the building that you can't break. And she says, please bring it down. No, (laughs) you're trying (laughs) to make me. (laughs) Yeah. So Shiroha says like, look, I'm kind of lost here. I don't want to cause any more trouble to, to Yajima and to the others. If I stay here, people are going to come after me. There's going to be trouble. If I go home, they'll send a new person to come after you too. So I was going to try and persuade them to stop when I went back. Which, now that I think about it, would probably be been meaningless, so now I'm just lost. I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to do that won't cause more trouble for you and for Yajima. My family's just going to keep on coming after you. And she said, you know, goes over, like, they're ruthless, they're, they, they, they never give up. I don't believe I can do anything about this. And so, Neway's like, yeah, well, thanks for confiding in me. You're a kind person, Shiroha. And don't worry... Kei Kaku, all according to Kei Kaku, we're good. <laughs> it's because she says, I want to make Shiro, Gakuro the strongest for that to happen. I need to make his enemies be stronger <laughs> and stronger. I don't know if we can trust her. All of a <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, Shiro brings up like they're going to send people he won't survive against, though. And she says, "No, nah, no, nah, I'll be with him when that happens. And anyway, we gotta talk about how, how you have like no sense of self worth. You really, you've got a death wish, and you don't seem to care about yourself. And she starts groping her
1: cheek. Just pulls wow, her cheek. that's a first for a bat scene. She's the restraints, yeah.
0: <laughs> but she also brings up like, look, if you tried to give yourself up to your family, uh, first off, how do you know they wouldn't kill you? And second off, Gawker would come after you. And Shiroha still says, like, look, I'm not worth the trouble. You've got to if the, if he ever tries to come after me when you get himself into danger, you have to stop him. And Nue says, No. If that happens, I'm not gonna stop Gakuro. Shirou says asks her why, and she says, it's because I'm happy to have met you. I'm glad that we got to, you know, eat Sukiyaki together yesterday. It was really fun. Being able to play video games, the fact that you're friends with Gakro, and the fact that you're able to confide in me, that all makes me happy. And it gives me reason to want to protect you and in that moment Shiroa thinks about the elder of her family saying that if she can't fulfill her duty then her existence is meaningless contrasting with this moment where Nui gives her a big boobal naked hug mm-hmm. uh, and and says, again but
1: like again props restraint d- doesn't focus on that like, you know you could have really like gone horny with this and it's just like no sometimes people are nude in a bath get over it that's yep
0: yeah. And she says, "The fact that you're here makes me really, really happy. That's why I won't let you go back ever." Which, if her life literally weren't in danger, would also be very creepy. It's like, "I'll never let you leave." <laughs> uh, um, she then the you know they like yeah they get dressed uh, and Shiroha uh, is told like, "Oh, you know, why don't you relax while we make some while we make breakfast?" And Shiroha's like, "Hey, is it? Can I help with something?" And uh, she offers to make a rolled omelette. they're like, oh, okay. Uh, and then we get into like the really bad part of the chapter because like Gakra wakes up, Shirah is opening up the curtains and she says breakfast is ready. to go to eat. And oh hey, the food that food that, that, that she made is there for everyone. Uh, and uh, she has a moment just to think very briefly. Yeah, these peaceful days can't continue like this. Yeah, they can't. the barriers. <laughs> uh, the barrier shattered. we just
1: established, Nick, shattered.
0: Uh, as uh, her master has arrived, and uh, newai doesn't seem worried about this because she's like, oh, the barrier's been broken," and that's just... <laughs> so. Oh no, Gajima's is going to have to fight someone. Yeah. yeah. So. Um.
1: That's it. So there's a couple things. One thing I will say. Um, I will say first. I like that this is, again, just continuing on Shiroha, who continues to be kind of the strength of this series and, like, deals with, like, hey, look, you are not unwanted. You need to find purpose for yourself. You are not worthless. You are not, you know, your existence is not defined by all that stuff. I think it's important to continue to establish it. It builds this character more and more. And this is kind of, like, the heart of the series at this point so when this dude shows up, just immediately breaks the barrier and it's like, all right, time to kill this kid that I, you know, help train or whatever. You're like, Oh, like there's something here. There's a tension there. Um, right. still not good. <laughs> like, it, it feels like the caveat. You kind of have to throw in a lot of new sexorcist, <laughs> which is just like the arts, not particularly great. Um, the direction is a great new way. Is still just like this character. That's just like, so, uh, like, perfect waifu to the point of it it being annoying like she has no real flaws it feels like she's right about everything she knows everything that's gonna happen she just has like kind of an obnoxious quality to her so i don't know we'll see what happens here like there's a lot of characters here as well like i guess the little uh spirit girl will also play a part in this because she's also here although it'd be very funny if next chapter she's like i'm out <laughs> like just jumps out the window and she's gone or whatever um but yeah i don't know we'll see what happens
0: um, Yeah, this was probably overall like the second best chapter of this series thus far and it rises to level of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, In broader picture stuff, the fact that the sense of hope that is had for Shiroha to have some sense of self-worth takes the form of her being a good housewife for a little bit and that's Gonna be concerning if that's the thing that
1: I'm hoping not. I think I think it's more to the idea of her just living a normal life. Uh, I I will say that I guess hesitantly because I yeah. didn't consider it before, but it is it is worth I guess considering. I don't think that's where we're gonna go with this, but if if it ends up being that way, this is all right. I'm
0: not going to say like oh no, this is bad because like honestly, with with something that is the level of quality of *New Sexorcist* <laughs> and the um, the lack of you know faith in its quality that I have, I'm not that concerned with it. And anyway, this could just be like you know just a thing, an isolated thing. But yeah, if that is like the direction that we pursue, it is going to be kind of upsetting if like the one character that we've had an investment in the the relationship with, if that's the way it concludes, it's going to be like, oh, fuck. All right. But uh, let's move on to Akane Banashi. Let's do it. Story 78, A Shallow Man. So (laughs) I'm just going to do this part straight. Um because of the way that it unfolds uh, we get narration Sanmete the source from which both the Seika and Kunjakute schools arose along with Kashiwaya this school has been one of the most foremost in Edo-rakugo since the Meiji era boasting 43 apprentices total this Sanmete member possesses the might the highest Miyoseki name inheritance in the Sanmete stable the 6th Enso Sanmete Karashi says stop Stop! Stop! Say to stop that. We get the context for this, which is that uh, the school that Kureshi is working with is having an event where they have to go over company history, and uh, so he says, "Look, we can't do this. It, it's weird. You don't talk about this stuff. This isn't a manga. You don't have to make it sound dramatic. Wop wop wop. It's actually a manga." Uh, and, uh, so, you know, there's a few people from this company that they're working with who says like, okay, well, this is a big day. So, you know, maybe we should discuss this with Master Enzo. And Kureshi says, look, my master left me in charge of everything aside from his actual performance. So, and hey, you're just having the Zenza just recite from the company history. Uh, and I don't think we should do that. And one of the people from the company says, no, no, we have to do that. Because while the company president desired Rakugo for the festivities, it's a commemoration of the company's history. A hundred year anniversary of the company. So we should touch on the story of the company. And Kureshi says, like, yeah, okay, but can we cut down the speeches? Because you want the crowd to pay attention. And this is going to cut into my performance time. And the woman that he's talking with says, yeah, we contracted Master Enso to perform Rakugo, not any of his
1: apprentices. (laughs) (laughs) But kind of... Did this for the main attraction, not the opening act?
0: Yeah. So Kureji starts to protest, but he sees that she's just looking, like, very serious at him. And he says, Alright, that's all I have to say. The other guy that they're meeting with says, Like, okay, yeah, I think we're done. Uh, and, but when they go off, he talks to the other representative of the company and he says, Why'd you act like that? Why'd you put your foot down that way? You don't usually talk like that, Minase. And Minase says, yeah, sorry. Truth is, I actually know him. We've known each other since kindergarten. And he would play video games in class, and then somehow in the test results, he was always better than everyone else. And he started doing Rockago despite not even liking it. And he was a student champion multiple years in a row. And then he just would ace every job interview that he ever took. So we just get this you know montage of the two of them growing up, and him always basically... Having it easy while she, you know, kind of like struggles and is always a little bit behind him. So she says, like, it's infuriating that he's just good at everything he does. Uh, but she also thinks of a conversation that they had in the past where when he you know, was prompted of, like, oh, what, Go Pro a GoPro's a Rakugoka, nah, that'll never happen. So now she thinks, like, he just threw his career away on just a whim. He's a shallow man and the only oh, way for Nick, stop being a I shallow get, man.
1: I get the title now.
0: Yeah, the only way for Koreshi to stop being a shallow man is if he goes into one of the two blue vortexes.
1: I was going to say, it's it's because when they bite the people, they turn into trees. I, I, I get it now.
0: <laughs> what a weird twist it would be <laughs> if <laughs> Kane Banashi turns into a zombie movie
1: all of a Yeah, it's wild. That was a shadow man over there, they say, as they yeah, point man. to a tree made of Rakugoka. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to run. They're, they're upon us. Oh, God. Uh,
0: so um, we see Qureshi, uh preparing for this ceremony to mark the company's history. Uh, the other of the two representatives besides Minase goes up to the company president and is like, oh, it's nearly time, and he's like, oh, yeah, I really want to see some good old Rakugo. Kareshi uh, is getting ready. He's uh, looking at, like, kind of a book uh, that is about the company's history, and uh, at that moment, Minase comes up to him and is like, are you actually going to examine the book? He's like, shut up. Just examine. I'm just passing time. There's kind of some awkward, you know, silence between them, and he looks at her and is like, "Go away, go, go away, <laughs> get out of here." And Minazza says, "Like, no, I'm going to watch to make sure you read the thing you're supposed to." Do. Uh, he says, "Look, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry. This is my job," and he takes the stage. And he starts talking about it. He says, Oh, congratulations on a hundred years of illustrious history to commemorate this occasion. I'll read from the story of the company's century of existence. And then he just goes like dramatic reading mode. It is the 24th year of Meiji 1891. One man is given life in the town of Shison, Yogo Prefecture. And Minase is watching from the sidelines and is like, what the hell? But I mean, all the stuff he's reciting is accurate, but why is he reading it like that? What, what is this? And as he gets more and more into it, you know, everyone's you know, paying rapt attention. And uh, the company president marks on it uh, from nearby Minase and says, oh, this is a nice surprise. You see the way he's using his fan, the way he's telling the story. He's using Kodan Storytelling. Rakugo is the traditional art of conversation. Kodan is the traditional art of reading, an art form devoted to the telling of military and political exploits. So he's lighting up the atmosphere. He's touching up our history. What a great opening act this is. This is very impressive. And he remarks that, you know, normally for uh, first year Zenza, he wouldn't be able to do this. So oh. he can, he's, uh, you can
1: know, see. Koresh gets just a brief,
0: you know, little he's moment talented. to show his chops. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's got something going for him, that kid. He's gonna go places.
0: So Minase is reacts to this and is like, God, even in Rakugo, he can just do everything well. <laughs> uh after he does the opening reading, uh, Koreshi gives back the the history book and is like, here, I read your book. Do <laughs> you have anything to say now? <laughs> just, just like, and uh, she's like, Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh then as she kind of like flips through the book she remembers uh when Qureshi would like was their students would always make things look so easy but then like one time she borrowed his English text and would see how he would like highlight and cross out certain words and she realizes in reality he did actually work hard in order to get where he was and she sees that he sees that he's done the same thing to the history text he actually did prepare for this um so they're still saying next to her, sister, she says, hey, why would you decide to become a Rakugoka? And he thinks about it for a second, and he thinks about seeing the performances before and seeing Akane. And he thinks to himself, and he says to her, because it ain't easy. Cool line. Mm-hmm. Could end the chapter there, but <laughs> we're not. <laughs>
1: so... I got a little bit longer.
0: Master Enso shows up right over his shoulder like a slasher villain. He's like, Yes, you're staying the obvious, like it's profound. There you go again. Um, and he um, just goes down on him. Oh, you, you're satisfied at having done your little play pretend version of Godan, your little ant. And Kresh says, Shut up. Uh, and Enso and says, San is the supreme example of Edo Rakugo. You are forbidden from being outdone in Rakugo, little ant. And the car. She's like, "Yeah, like I let that happen." And meanwhile, uh, behind his back, his phone is going off. Uh, he's got a message from Asagao, who I'm not sure if we've met
1: before. Yeah, I'm not probably. sure Asago is, but Jigemu Girl is definitely Jugemu a, Girl a is Akane, <laughs> who's who's just goes, "I got huge,
0: huge, huge, huge news!" And uh, yeah, getting some notifications about something uh,
1: coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is cool. It's weird. I, uh, this is just how my, my, my dumb brain works. So it's like, Karashi, I wasn't presented with this previously. I'm thrown into the deep end. But like, once I got over the fact that I was like, oh, yes, we were just abruptly in a Karashi chapter. I was like, this is cool. Like, this is a good chapter. This is good character development. This is a cool different style of showing that Karashi really cares about this stuff, and I, I really digged it. Digged yeah. it. Dug it. I can have words. Uh yeah, so it's
0: uh it looks like there's gonna be, you know, just the like the next competition ahead. And hey, yeah, we had, you know, a brief kind of interlude to kind of check in on our characters, so yeah, it's bad time to get back into the shonen of it all.
1: Alright. Well, Nick Let's wrap up this podcast by talking about One Piece Chapter 1092 Kuma the Tyrant's Holy Land Rampage. Uh, But first, I want to talk about the cover page, which is uh, Jinbei, and he's swimming. He's being like, uh, smushed by a bunch of like giant, cuddly remoras. But I love Jinbei's expression, which is something like, oh, what am I going to do about all of these remoras? I don't know, he just has a very adorable expression on his face. He's like, what What? do I do about this? He is making a
0: face that he doesn't often make. Yeah,
1: it's very, very cute. So we open in sort of like part of a flashback. This is something that happened previously. This is the previous day, but we don't get the full black border because this is also like kind of concurrently happening with everything that's going on with Egg, uh, Egg Island or Egghead. So uh previously uh, kuma had sort of like been activated and was like climbing the red line and was just like on a mission they couldn't stop him he's made it to the top he's made it to marajoa he's just charging through and like we're trying to stop this guy we can't he is unstoppable he is hell-bent on reaching his destination whatever it is and he activates his ursa shock sends everybody flying and it's just him and Akainu. Who's like, you have to answer for this historic destruction, Kuma. He also laments he's like, fuck goddamn First the revolutionaries tell this. Like yeah. this sucks. Um Before we get to that point that we cut over to or we I should say we cut over, but um what is his name? Saint Charles Misigard, I think is his name or something like that. Saint right. Charles. Uh, One of the Celestial Dragons, the super jerk one, is just like, these soldiers are worthless. Akina, I have, you know, last night I ordered a lobster and they had the gall to tell me they were out. This has never happened before. What has become of Merajoa's food supply? Um... It's worth noting that it's an interesting detail. Like, it sounds like things are kind of not going great for Mara Joa. I don't know yeah. if that's meant to be an exaggeration because he moves very quickly on to like, also, you should kill that man. <laughs> uh, I've been injured! <laughs> uh, but this did feel like a detail, like, ooh, keep this in mind, because this is going to be relevant mm-hmm. later. Agi uh, knows, mean, like, listen, Kuma, if we can't control you, you have to die. I don't really know what's going on from you i've been told that you gave up your free will a long time ago and if you're no different than a dead man then where do you think you're going and he fires off an attack he shoots like his fire fist move basically kuma dodges it mostly but it does still burn part of his head uh and kuma uh notes like ah at least you bleed like a man uh kuma just starts running away and he does like teleport poof himself away but not before akinu burns off one of his legs we can see like a yeah. shot of his uh, foot Quite just nasty. getting singed off i guess i shouldn't say singed off it could be i don't know characters in one piece some have sometimes have weird reactions to things that seem like they should kill them or whatever that is uh, true can- people are noting that the the revolutionaries did attack the food supplies uh, kuma's fine he's got he's got he's got five feet you just mm, can't see them. he's like a spider um in that moment though we then flash back a little bit to way back when this is pre-time skipnik of mm-hmm. when blackbeard had captured bonnie and had her chained up and then left because Akainu inu showed up and we never really knew how that scene ended we still yeah. don't exactly know how it ended um what we, happened after after blackbeard
0: left bonnie chained up well uh he, she was still chained up later <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh someone talked to her and then i don't know um so yeah Ake, you know, is like yeah barko you want Bakuma's mind's not going to return he volunteered to be turned into this weapon and bonnie is crying screaming basically like liar he would never do that he would never leave me behind and that's the thought that That Akinu is kind of left with where it's just like, where would you go, Aki- or uh, Akuma? A mere puppet with no mind or will left. Cut over to Egghead. Back in the new world, the pacifistas are destroying the sea beasts, just zapping them down. And then we cut up where Luffy is fighting with Kizaru. They're having a big fight. It looks like Luffy's in snake band form because he's doing all of his punches. Uh and Gazar is complimenting. He's like, this is very powerful. However, I have to ask, what what brings a pirate like you to step in and protect a man like Vegapunk? And I love Luffy's answer. He's like, that's what I want to know. Who would want to kill the Apple Man? Why are you trying to kill Apple Man? <laughs> <laughs> um Kizar says, I don't want to. And then sort of like shoots w- far off into the sky. Very far. Like so far, egg like Egghead Island is kind of like clearly very far at a distance he's still talking i assume at this point to himself unless we're just supposed to be under the impression the impression that luffy can hear that far off uh but he's just like i don't want to kill him i've known variga punk for a very very long time so i'd appreciate you staying out of this and he uses this distance to gain an immense amount of acceleration and kicks luffy and just sends him flying um he, like, Luffy shoots, like, smacks straight through the Vega Force 1 and just bisects it, just clips it right in half as he's going flying and just gets knocked kind of straight off the island. Uh, we get, like, a little flashback of Vegapunk proudly telling Kizaru about completing the Vega Force 1. A giant robot, the dream of mankind. Um... Everybody, or, at least,
0: or at least the boys in one piece.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody falls out of the Vegapunk and Lilith is like, we have to get out of here. This is going to explode. And it immediately does. It's like a car that turned over at a, in a Grand Theft Auto and starts smoking. You're like, ah, I'm going to get out of this now. <laughs> uh, everyone's like, no, the robot of our dreams. <laughs> uh, and they're like, well, shit, Straw Hat got knocked straight away. Kizaru confronts Bonnie uh, Bonnie, and he's like, Aw, look how big you are, Bonnie. Kids grow up so fast. By the way, don't you hate Vegapunk for what he did? Well, there's an assassination order on his head. We could be allies. And she says, Nope. My wrath has a new target. Situations change. She tries to use her age skewer on him. Uh, I don't know if picking up just like a random ass cable was the best idea. I guess she had to work with what she had. Uh, it seems like kind of an unstiff weapon to do it with. Uh, but Kazaro just kind of knows. He's like, I'd rather not hurt my acquaintances. So he kicks Bonnie in the back of the head, sends her flying, and then shoots a laser beam at her to blow her <laughs> up. <laughs> like This feels like when you do D&D. And like you, you roll your attack. You're like, that's the damage. You're like, okay, lethal or non lethal. And you're like, non lethal. And then you describe them. You're like, I non lethally fireball them. <laughs> Basically, uh, I, I assume she's fine. But I do like it's Like, I don't really want to hurt you. <laughs> uh The going sunny, not the going sunny thousand sunny, had been knocked you know kind of onto the ground because the robot carry it is gone it. Frankie yep. is really pissed he activates his radical beat and I was so excited because I really really wanted to see um, uh, Kizaru's reaction to him having a laser but Kizaru Which just leaves me, yeah. he's like I'm done with this ain't no one stopping me now <laughs> I can move at the speed
0: of light and my goal is not here there's no reason for me to be here yeah just
1: yeah uh, Kizaru uh, we cut over here, I should say, inside of the control tower, the Vegapunks are all cheering, like, we figured out the code, we can get out of here, this is great! Um, and then Kazaru's is just like, so hey, I'm here now, and I also <laughs> blew up your giant robot, <laughs> so... Uh, and it's very terrifying, because like, a lot of the stronger people aren't here. I forget where Jinbei and Sanji are, but, like, Luffy's right. completely gone, and Zoro just went out the window with Luchi, so, so it is... Luchi, yeah. It is a very terrifying moment of, like, oh my god, the Marine Admiral is here. Uh, Gizaru is just like, oh, please understand. This is very difficult for me to do, and I'd rather not draw it all. Draw it out. But before we could do anything, we hear those drums, Nick. Those drums of liberation... And that laugh, as Luffy has gone gear five, and he's all big, and he just grabs Kazaru, and he says, Whew! That was a bit spicy. <laughs> um, I do love Kazaru. Mama yeah, that's the spicy meatball. <laughs> that's spicy! He should do that. This was feel very cartoonish. Uh, Kazaru is just like, there it is. This is that thing that you do. <laughs> Uh, and Luffy just laughs. He's like, Thanks for knocking me all the way down there, you jerk. I almost thought I'd die going through the barrier choice. So, a very tough time for Luffy to have to navigate yeah. the laser barrier choice. He is covered in singe marks. Yeah. Yeah. We end the chapter going back down into sort of like that basement, you know, underground area of Egghead Island where we saw the giant robot that seemed to exist from like the void century and it was deactivated. But now its eyes have lit up, presumably because Joy Boy is here, Nick.
0: Yeah, it's um interesting that this is happening. Uh but uh, honestly I'm more just like into the this the implications of like, oh, Kizaru's fast. Yeah. Uh, did you know just this is a very different kind of opponent for Luffy to have to deal with someone who not only moves very quickly in combat but can just go wherever he wants semi instantaneously so it's an interesting obstacle to have to confront and you really do feel like yeah he does just have to be gear five in order to take this guy on because you just have to have a a, an equally unfair power set for this to work
1: um this this is an extremely strong opponent and you kind of have to go all out or else he's just gonna mess you up because he's extraordinarily quick
0: and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, what uh, what did you think about uh, manga this week? What were your favorite uh, chapter and uh, character?
1: So I think manga was really good this week. I think there were a lot of very, very strong chapters. Um, a lot of stuff that I just like thinking about, enjoyed quite a lot. But I think the answer to this, like favorite series is going to be Kaiju number eight. I think this was a very satisfying conclusion to that fight, which has already been something that I've enjoyed as, as it is. Uh, but this was like, you know, this was nailing the finish. This was, you know, perfecting the dismount kind of moment where I'm like, damn, this was really cool. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm going to echo that sentiment completely. Uh, I thought that this was a really, really satisfying conclusion, eh, small question mark, uh, to this to this fight. And it was just really fun to see the entire sequence play out contained in this one chapter of like, okay, here's the plan. No, that wasn't actually it. That wasn't actually it. This was it. Uh All all in one very well flowing sequence, yeah.
1: Um, and my character of the week is going to be uh Rip. Uh, I think we talked about it quite a lot during the chapter, but Rip came off as extremely cool. I love the little speech he gave to the little girl, I love his passion. Uh, honestly, I think he wins it just for being like, Hey, uh, if there is a god and he's giving sick kids cancer and, and problems they have to beat in the hospital like this i'm gonna fucking kill him because that's a fucking shitty god i was like hell yeah that's a sentiment i strongly get behind
0: yeah uh i'm going to again echo you again i've got really nothing to add to that you hit you hit on all the points that i was going to make uh yeah rip was very cool in this chapter
1: so. hell yeah uh, the audience, by the way, agreed with us on Kaiju number eight as their series of the week, and uh, I get it. Their Sims, Quan Shi, for the cha, from Chainsaw Man as their character. Okay, though. guys. <laughs> Nick. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when you open a chapter in Shonen Jump with a scissoring party, I mean, you get a lot of fans on your side. It's all fans nice. for life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you get you, you get some some dedication.
0: It's like, yeah, Rip, you're cool. You're so you vowed to, to, you vowed to murder God for messing with all those children. But have you ever had a lesbian orgy? No.
1: <laughs> How many girlfriends do you have? Is it four? He's like, well, kind of two. It's kind of <laughs> two. <laughs> it's not four. That's what we're at. That's where we're getting at.
0: Do you have sex with both of them at the same time? I mean, they're sisters. That'd be kind (laughs) of (laughs) weird.
1: Oh, boy. Coward. (laughs) You wouldn't last a minute in Chainsaw Man world. Does
0: one of them constantly shout Halloween? No. (laughs) (laughs) Pathetic. Yeah, guys, that is going to do it. Thank you for listening to Weekly Manga Recap. We record the show here live on Wednesdays, uh, usually at around 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can follow us uh, on social media. However, that shakes out in terms of the constant changing (laughs) realm that that is. Uh, But also join the WMR Discord. It will be linked wherever this podcast is posted. You can have conversations with our community as chapters come out, talk about the series that we're covering, recap, and all sorts of other fun stuff. And also you can find a link to the Google Doc, which keeps track of all sorts of statistics associated with the show. Uh, Post questions for us to answer in a future Q&A episode. See the past series that we've done as recommendations, make recommendations of your own the stuff you'd like to see us cover in the future and all that good stuff. Uh, Ninja X3i maintains the Google Doc and uh, we would not keep track of any of that stuff without (laughs) that contribution so thank you. Also want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon patreon.com slash Recap, where you can get bonus content that we like to provide for you on a semi-regular basis Uh, and uh, we also want to thank Uh, just, uh, Mild Jack Stilett's, it was Adele Cheddar for creating the opening sequence of the video version of Weekly Manga Recap, which you can check out on youtube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. Also, occasional tile cards done by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out under Steve Mann Art, wherever moves can be drawn on the internet. Uh, and, uh, the audio version of the podcast is on iTunes, it's on Spotify, and all the episodes are posted on com. Hooray! Um...
1: Yeah, well, guys, stay tuned for next week where we're going to be getting a little sadistic. I assume uh, it's sadistic September, so. and we need to talk about everybody's favorite Yappuki series.
0: <sighs> and what's that, Quinn?
1: She loves her neck, but not darkness. Not, not darkness. darkness. I really no, hung. I'm really hanging my hat on it. Not darkness. Yeah.
0: No, if no. I, if we were going to do that, I'm going to have to cash in another one of these. Uh, <laughs> <'cause
1: it's, laughs> damn. That's it, uh, everybody.
0: Goodbye, all.